Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Bit Spursy for the last pod of the 2021 season. Uh, we are going to be wrapping up the uh, Villa and Leicester games and all the associated news and and such things. Uh, I am, of course, here always with uh, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, likewise, I am always here with Barney. Thank you. A formal beginning. <laughs> so we're, we're going with formal openings now. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, good. I like it as well. It sets the tone so mm. that we don't get too um, too too annoyed or too, too shirty with each other at the top. Yeah, or, or too silly, you know, like we don't want to go off on another long story about the towel rules again. Well... You know I, what? I was I was hoping we were going to get around oh, the towel rules got, to cover this yeah, week, but okay. I'd wait a long time for that to come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I say hopefully we won't, what I mean is I assume the people listening to this don't want to hear us go on a 30-minute rant about towel rules. If you decided that you wanted to cancel uh, talking about anything that had happened recently and just do a 90-minute towel rules podcast, I'm on board. I think so. Like after we get past this episode... Yeah, you know, there's we've obviously got the Euros, and there's yeah. going to be some off-season stuff. Absolutely, in terms of all our transfers and managers, and you know, all that sort of jazz. But I think there's going to be some room for some for a towel-related podcast to really deep dive into that. Yeah, and then we can check the numbers and see what was it what people were hanging out for. Yeah, yeah. How many did we lose that week? <laughs> yeah. I should, I'm just to make sure that I wasn't being misleading when I did. I say the last. I'm not sure. We are going to be podcasting during the off-season for sure because uh, there will be a lot of stuff happening. I am very sure of that. Oh, totally. No, you said the last for the 2021 Good. season. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So yeah, yeah. Another stuff. We'll be back again next week with yeah. uh, whatever associated news is happening. Whatever associated news is happening with Tottenham Hotspur. Should we uh, dive into the Villa game? I think we should dive in and dive out and dry ourselves off so quickly from this Villa game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know when um, Olympic divers dive into the pool and they get out and ha- they have one of those showers immediately? Yes. That. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that shower yeah. very much. <laughs> um, it was not – it was so bad. It was terrible. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. It, it's been this thing of, um, you know, since Mason's come in, you know, he's won I think 12 points from 18 maybe, something like that. 12 from 18, does that? So four wins yes, from six. Yes, that's right. That's right, yeah. Uh, which isn't a bad, like, that's not a really, at the end of the day, that's not a bad takeaway. No. But I think the results have been so, like, yo-yo-y. Like, mm. one week, you know, we're playing a team, we're like, oh, well, look at us go. We're just, you know, we're we're just, like, racking up the goals. <laughs> it's, we're, we're, we're fixed. We're healed. Yeah. We've, uh, hallelujah. We're all good now. Um, and then we just play just horrendously. Oh, it was so drab. And the team was just, I don't know what the plan was supposed to be, but when I saw that starting lineup, I felt a great sadness because I watched this game live at, at 3 a.m. So um, I was already off to a rocky start once I saw the lineup um, to the point where I did consider just going to bed because uh, my main man, Harry Winks, <laughs> was situated right in the middle of midfield. And I remember, I think we were chatting about it, like, uh, oh, how does he think the ball is going to progress forward when he's got a, a midfield of um, Hoybier and Winks? And we, after this game, we're definitely still left wondering how that was going to happen. Oh, definitely. Um, 
and I thought, you know, on the staying up part, I, I watched this game as well. You did. You kind of coaxed me into it. I did. You were like, oh, just just let you know I'm going to stay up and watch the game. Mm. It's three. I got some stuff to sort out. And I was like, yep, you know what? I'm in. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last game, last home game of the season, possibly Kane's last home game. Yep. Um, I also thought we were going to be seeing the new kit. Yeah. Um, but now I don't, like, I, I can't find the source that informed me that we would be seeing it to, to sort of, you know, take retribution on them. But I was getting excited because I was like, look, we're going to see the new kit as well. There's going to be fans back in the stadium. You know, we if we get a result against Villa, then that makes the last day really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like, yeah, it was worth staying up for pre-match. Yeah. Uh, but then, like you say, the team comes out again and we have uh, destination winks in the yeah. middle of the park. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we live about, what, a 15, 15 minute drive from each other. Yep. And I think at, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning here when teams were announced, I could hear your scream <laughs> from suburbs away. Yep. And that just alerted me to know, yep, Winks is starting again. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, you know, not jumping ahead, but he was terrible. <laughs> he was absolutely terrible in this game. He cannot handle it when uh, the midfield is pressed. He can't handle being pressed. He is terrible defensively. Um, I just don't understand what he adds at all. I don't get it. Yeah, I think that's the feeling that I I definitely have. And um, from what I've seen, a lot of other Spurs fans (laughs) have it as well, especially when we're leaving, you know, record signings on the bench to um, include him. Yeah. And also, you know, I'm talking about not just Ndombele. Mm. But Lacelso as well. Like, it's it really has become Mason's mates. Yeah, with, with Wings being in there, um, because it's like, like there are other positions where you can go. Okay, we don't have great centre backs, so we have to play Dyer a little bit, and he hasn't been great for um, in most recent games that he's played. But we're kind of you know we're stretched a bit at the back, even though again, Roden should be playing. Yeah. <laughs> There, but you know, Ronan as well. You look at it and you go, "Yep, young player. He's coming in, one for future developing a bit further." Even though we've spoken at length about him before, and you know, he could definitely be starting and doing well for us. Um, but yeah, it's just baffling to see Winks constantly starting over Ndombele, Lacelso, um, or anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I find it so baffling. Like the two explanations that I could give are one, Mason's mates play. Or two, um, it's like he's been told to play Winks to put him in the shop window. But that sounds like very – I've read that come up a couple of times on Twitter. That sounds very unlikely that that would be the case. Oh, it seems bizarre because especially if Winks has not played all season, I mean, he's not going to come in and play in our team that is sometimes now looking good, sometimes looking average. And then suddenly, you know, a prospective buyer is going to look at that and go, oh, you know what? We thought Winks was a twenty million pound player, but well, we after these performances, we're going to have to offer at least forty to get him. Yeah. Wow. God, the way he just let players run through him, the, the way he he attempted to tackle, but uh, he's so poor at it that he missed the player completely. Oh God, we need that in our team. Yeah. Like, look, Winks already has the the English homegrown surcharge yes. added to his fees. So there will be a team, uh, mid-table or lower, um, who would take a Winks and they would pay for that and they go, okay, cool, we have an English player in there. That meets, you know, helps us meet the league requirements for that. We've got a homegrown player. We meet the requirements for that. Um, yeah, I just don't think 
that, you know, that is a plausible reason to include him. And like, I'd heard that too suggested as well. Um, you kind of hope that it is, but at the end of the day, like it's just, the more you think about it, the more it just sounds ridiculous that that would be it. And it just has to be Mason's mates. Yeah. 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 It's gotta be. Um, I, at the start of this game, the first note that I wrote to myself was Bergvine adds a real dynamic to the attack. Um, but Bale has better finishing. And then immediately after I wrote, oh, wait, Bergvine scores an absolute rocket. Because <laughs> it literally happened as I finished writing that note. And it was a really good goal the way he uh, won the ball uh, and then charged forward and just like absolutely smashed it. Oh, it was great. Like that was, you know, Bergwijn just, you know, bending over, putting on his big boy pants. Yeah. And like he's not a tall player, but he's quite solid. Mm. And it was good to see him actually use that strength um, and just, you know, bounce players off him yeah. um, as he got through. It was very much a, a, a scenario where he was like, well, I'm just scoring this, so just get out of my way. Oh, no, we're not going to. We're going to stay here. Well, okay, fine, I'll deal with you. And I think that sort of decisiveness was really nice to see because um, often like we don't try and do that. We don't really try and, um, you know, muscle past players. Um, and kind of like overpower them to get chances. Like, especially say someone like Son, for example. Um, yeah. Like he's not someone to do that. He'd be more one to sort of stop, you know, bring it back, you know, try and, um, you know, try and find someone else to like sort of restart the attack almost. Um, but it was just so nice to see him just go like run through them. And then, like you say, just absolutely rocket at home and just put it absolutely top swizzly bids yeah that was awesome and like who'd have known that not playing him as a second fullback uh <laughs> would result in this kind of uh output oh definitely because yeah there was um i think there was that set that came up it's like this is his first goal in 400 and something days yeah or something like that but like you say you know jose was playing him as basically as you know <laughs> a fullback yeah um uh and it's like I, I think there's still a lot to come from from Bergwijn if he just gets more regular game time, and yeah, like you know he's getting in good, um, he's getting in good spots. Yeah, um, he gives us something a little bit different. I think like we're talking about like he's you know he's it seems like he's not afraid to get stuck in, um, and yeah, like it seems like as well he's the kind of player that we could play you know on the right and the left through the middle. I'm not saying that these are like desired positions, but at a pinch in a game when you need to mix something up, it's like he seems to have, you know, he's got some creativity, he's got some speed, power. Um, yeah, I want to see a lot more Berg next season. So do I. I am excited for Berg. I am hopeful that whoever is the manager uh, utilizes him in a way that plays to his strengths um, and we see the whole Berg next year because um, there is definitely a player there. And we have seen little glimpses of it, but I think there there is a really good player there that with the right coaching is going to be fantastic for us. Oh, definitely. And I, I just want him to stay with us for as long as possible because in my mind, I just picture the awkward discussions he has with Levy at the training ground. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just constantly. Don't let him down. <laughs> Don't let him down. <laughs> so good. It's such like an awkward dad. Oh. <laughs> it's like Levy trying to be the cool dad in front of us. In front of his son's friends. So bad. But I like to imagine that that happens kind of like every week, that whenever like Bergwijn's at the ground and like Levy just tries to get him on calls with people or tries to like, you know, check up on him and 
and that and and yeah, Burgoyne just being a petulant teenager probably. Yeah. Starting to like, oh, dad, you're embarrassing me in front of everyone. <laughs> like I'd really like, I don't know why I'm playing <laughs> this like <laughs> dynamic that there's this like, you know, Burgoyne and Levy. It's almost like a, a spin-off show for all of, all or nothing. I would love to see a spin-off of Burgoyne and Levy. Yeah. It yeah. could be a sitcom as well. I wouldn't yeah. be against that. I think it'd be wild. I, <laughs> I would watch it. Also, because Bergvine lives in that apartment and his parents live in the one next door or the one above? I think they're the same built. Yeah, the, probably the, the one above. It's probably like a, 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 one of these like, you know, two, three story apartments, which has, has like, but what about that as a dynamic? Yeah. And they just have to have things like, you're not my dad, Daniel. My dad yeah. is literally here. He's here. Yeah. He's right here. Yeah. Shh. Don't, don't let me down. I love it. And then I picture like, you know, Steve Hitchin is like the Kramer type character. He comes <laughs> through the door unannounced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I see Steve Hitchin as more of a George. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, look, I just didn't want Steve Hitchin to get as much of a main role maybe, yeah, as okay. George gets. But we Fair can enough. make him George. Like the okay. casting's open. Who's Newman then? Because Steve Hitchin could be Newman. Uh, I don't know who Newman is. In this scenario. I've got to be honest, now my Seinfeld knowledge is running a little thin. Okay. So sure. I probably am going to check out quite soon. <laughs> All right, it's cool. Start making some like incorrect. <laughs> like, nah, to me, like Doherty is like- Homer Simpson. Human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can keep working on the sitcom. Yeah, sure, um, that sounds great. Um, all right, well, moving on. <laughs> the next thing I've got written down from the Aston Villa game is uh, Larissa on Watkins, uh, despite what the commentator said, this is absolutely not a penalty. Um, do you remember this event? Because I don't remember it very well. I remember this. Yeah. And I might have a slightly different opinion. Ah. I think we were a bit lucky here. Yeah. And I think it was one of those ones where it's like, to me, if the letter of the law was applied, it should have been a penalty. Uh That's my understanding. Um, Yeah. But it seems, it's one of those things where like Watkins is not going to get the ball back. The ball's pretty much out anyway, but Loris just takes him down he doesn't get anywhere near the ball so i think if that was given as a penalty i probably would have thought fair enough Uh um what would you give larice for this season like a b c what would you give him as a rating um i'd probably say like a b b plus yeah sort of thing like i think earlier on in the season not as convinced like definitely better than how he's been say like last season yeah um but overall i think he's actually been pretty solid especially since the turn of the year i think he's Mm. played some pretty solid games he hasn't really made many mistakes that i can remember yeah it's mainly been the defense in front of him that has just been horrible yeah um and he's made some pretty crucial saves in games as well so yeah i'm i'd give him probably about a a b b plus yeah yeah what would you you give him like an a minus a minus yeah give him an a minus it's like if look if we're two teachers sitting in the staff room grading mm. the students' paper, I wouldn't disagree with that. Great. Like I, I'd be like, yep, cool. I, I can round that B plus up to an A minus as well. Cool, 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 cool. Well, well done, Hugo. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've managed to push your grade up. Um, all right. Well, I yeah, as I said, I can't really give a counterpoint to that because I don't remember the incident. I just have the note written. Um, so I'll just take what you said as gospel. No, please. I want you to be stubborn on that point without yeah. remembering <laughs> yeah, what happened. Um, the other note I had from this game is uh, Reggie is a puppy. They are fun, but they occasionally shit on the carpet. <laughs> a poo on the carpet, I mean. Uh, uh, and that was written at 10 minutes. And then he scores that own goal at 20 minutes. Oh, so that was a... 
beautiful chip. Yeah. Like he just lofted it over um, over Hugo into, yep. into the top bins. Yeah. Yeah. Really great shot. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an own girl quite like it. Like just the way the ball moved, a Ronaldo-esque strike. <laughs> it was just, I mean, that uh, like that event and how unlucky it was or how poor it was, I'm not really sure, really just continued for the rest of his game. Like he was just God awful. Totally, totally. And like, yeah, that, you know, cultured finish. Yeah. I think that's the term we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you th- you have those, mo- like you see those moments happen in games and you're like, okay, surely, surely they can't do anything like that again. Yeah. However, Eric Dyer against Leeds proves that theory false. Yes. So we should have known better. Mm. But then to see Reggie twice try and clear the ball twice try and clear the ball, put it into um, Traore twice. Yeah. Um, and then it just goes through to uh, to Watkins, who <laughs> just strolls in and finishes. It's just like this is like I, I was thinking for a second, you know, are they going to pause and then Reggie's going to, you know, he's going to pull off his mask and his face and it is actually Eric Dyer that he's swapped with. Yeah. Because it's just like, you know, occasionally you'll have a defender have a really poor game, make some errors. Um, you know, like Dyer against Leeds. It's yep. not often though that within a couple of games you're going to get another defender who has as much of a stinker yeah, and directly gives away two goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was culpable for both. Like, I mean, directly for the first one, but yeah, the second one was, it was baffling. Like it was like, it didn't work the first time. Don't do the same thing again. Uh, yeah. Just go up the like. Go up the line, but not at like knee height. Yeah. Where there's a player there. <laughs> exactly. Like, or just put it out. Mm. Like, <laughs> I just don't get when he was trying to clear it the first time. It's like, it's just a poor attempt at a clearance. Then the second time you wouldn't think like, okay, if we were playing a video game, we might try and do stupidly the same thing twice. Yep. Like if I'm dribbling against you on FIFA and I, I don't get past you because it's just a stupid move. Mm. I might get it the next time and wiggle the little stick and try and do the same dribble move and try and get past you again. Right? Yeah. In an actual real life scenario, the first one went like almost was like, oh, that almost led to a goal being like a goal opportunity. You'd think when you get the second chance, you're just going to belt, you're going to make sure that it's not going to ricochet back in towards the middle of the pit. Like it was, I it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I love at the start of the season, a lot of the talk around Reggie was like, well, no, there's a buyback clause and Real Madrid can come for him for like 35, 40 million. Oh, God. Oh, they're going to do it. And that has died off completely because his form has sort of really slumped. And it's like when he first came in, I was like, whoa, we've bought a fullback. Like, this is awesome. You know, we weren't linked at all. It just happened. And now we've got this guy. This is fantastic. And I still think he's a good player. Um, I just worry that, like, is this the real, like, when he came in, was he getting some of that Real Madrid magic, like playing around lots of very good players, and then he comes to Spurs, and we've had, you know, in my recent memory, maybe the worst season, <laughs> um, has he, has he like, regressed to his mean or below it because of his environment? Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. Um, I mean, look, he did play at Sevilla. 
the season before and won the Europa League, I yes, think. Yes, that's right. So I'm, to be completely honest, not like I'm not a huge uh, watcher of Sevilla. So I don't really know. We have that in common. We have that in common. Yeah. yeah. We can rule this out from from getting too deep into Sevilla content. Yeah. Um, I've been to Sevilla though. It was quite nice. Oh, it was, was it? Very hot though. Ah. Like, ve- like ridiculously hot. Mm. Um, and like when they talk about like having siestas and, you know, actually shutting up shop, like we was probably, we actually saw it like for two, three hours in the middle of the day, whole town just shut down completely. So you're saying he might need a siesta? Yeah, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I was just reminiscing about, but he, I think he needs, he does need a bit of a, um, a, a bit of a siesta. But then at the same time, I don't want to be too critical of like a young player. Yeah, but also, like you, you like what you said. It's like you know, we had this feeling of like we've really stolen one from Madrid. Mm. Um, wow, what are they doing? Um, oh, Marcello's getting old. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but now it sort of feels like there's probably a little bit where like. Levy's like fumbling around in his desk drawer trying to see if he's got like the warranty card or the receipt <laughs> yeah. to send back to Madrid. Mm. Um, and then in the group chat that with them, he, like Perez is just replying lol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope that he just developed, like we see some progression into next season because maybe, I don't know, because at the start of the season I wouldn't have said this, but... He's maybe, as I said about Bergvine, there's definitely a player there. Uh, Reggie, there's definitely a player there. But under his current form, it feels like that player is further away than than Stevie's uh, future player. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> like, this is, no. What am I saying? No, I, I get, I get yeah. what you mean. Like I think what, you know, the description you gave of Reggie as being a little puppy is very apt. Like yeah. that to me is like so accurate. Like he's he's got so much energy so quick, gets up and down, running all over the place. Mm. But yeah, he doesn't have, he can't like just settle down at times. And he's, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a very naive player at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely not like, you know, team sell Reggie. Yeah. I'm, I'm team keep Reggie. Definitely. But it's probably going to be more interesting to see how he goes under a manager who really sort of, you know, whose play style really suits him. Like I, I must think if we had, you know, like Pochettino like, oh. and we had Reguilon in, yeah. he's the sort of player who would really flourish in that sort of system. Mm. Whereas like playing under Jose, like yes, at the start of the season, he did have some good games when he was under Jose. But long term, I think the way that, you know, Jose defends and has his players defends and all that, it's not really – Reggie isn't really like a part of that. Especially no. as well the whole thing about Jose wanting tall fullbacks. Mm. Um and Reggie's not tall at all. No. So I think like if we have a manager who does, you know, plays to his strengths um, and gives him, you know, time to develop, um, I agree with you. There is like a player in there, um, but it just does feel like, yeah, if we're like committing to Reggie, we need to commit to him for a few seasons and thinking like, okay, cool, you know, we this is a project player and maybe in a couple of seasons we'll have, you know, a top European fullback as opposed to at the start of the season we had a few games and then we were all saying like oh one of the best left backs in Europe yeah, yeah look at us it's yeah it's like getting the sample size of like three incidents and we're like well unequivocally he is world class oh Dan you're speaking <laughs> my language <laughs> <laughs> um do we do the Bitspursy votes now for this game or do we do them all at the end what do you want to do um 
let's get these ones out of the way. All right, cool. Because, like, at the end of the pod, we're not going to be wanting to, like, go through the <clears throat> a bit spursy votes for this game. Yeah, true. Because so, yep. we'll, this was a challenge. Yeah. Like, I've had so much fun with the bit spursy votes. Yeah. Since we've absolutely. started doing yeah. it. Yeah, me too. But this was the toughest game. Oh, how do you? How do you give, give out oh, Percy quotes? I mean, yeah, like how um, how baffling was it? Well, not baffling. No, no, baffling. It was disappointing how poorly the team played and the fact that, you know, it's the first game back for fans in however long. For 60 pounds. For 60 pounds, which is what, 110 Australian dollars, 120 Australian dollars? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely over 100. That yeah. is mad. Like, it's difficult to comprehend how expensive it is to go because you can go to the footy here for fifteen bucks, seventeen bucks technically. Oh, but this is where the West Coast. Yeah, and now <laughs> I drop my West Coast. I, I actually no, I'm not mentioning them because uh, I ban myself from mentioning them because I kept on making analogies. So no, I love instead- it. I love it. It's like when we. It's like if we listen to this pod backwards, the whole season, it's just actually a West Coast, Coast pod podca- from you, yeah. subliminally <laughs> getting across. <laughs> To everyone, which yeah. I like. I'm all for that. Yeah. But yeah. I think you did specifically talk about the tickets with West Coast before. And That's like, true, yeah. You know, this is how much like, you know, an expensive ticket to an AFL game is. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's really difficult for us to – like, I guess you can kind of justify in certain senses that like AFL is not a global sport. No. So, you know, the team revenue is nowhere near what it is. Nope. Athletes that are like top players in the league are on like a million bucks a season or something. Yeah. Which is still decent. But it, that's like, that's like a you know, average Premier League footballer mm. in a sense. Um, but at the same time, like such a dis, like disparity between um, the the fans because the fans are the same in both places. Yeah, it's not like in England. It's suddenly everyone is a super wealthy fan no. who it's you know sixty pounds is pocket change, and here you know we you know <laughs> can't afford anything. It's like we're the same like f- fans roughly across yep. the board, but. Yeah, it's like the, the the prices over there are just so much more prohibitive than they are here. Yeah, it's horrible. Like, and you've seen other clubs come out and say, you know, tickets are cheap because you know, thanks to the fans, you've all had a tough time. Like, it is such a slap in the face to, like, I don't understand the marketing slash business decision to decide that I can't remember how many fans there were. Was it ten? I think it was ten thousand. Ten thousand. Well, it was right. supposed to be ten thousand. Right. So. To be like, cool, ten thousand. Let's try and make back as much money as possible quickly, and we'll get uh, we'll charge sixty pounds a ticket when the damage done to your image is so great. When you could not do that, and especially after the SL, win back a bit of clout. Like it was just like, what are you? What are you doing, Levy? What are you doing? Oh, definitely. Uh, it definitely feels like someone who looked at this purely from a numbers perspective yep. and sort of thought, well, crap, we can get some fans back in before the season. Mm. We need to make some money on the stadium that we've lost a couple hundred mil on. This is not defending the move, yep. but it just seems like someone has just taken that into consideration going like, what can we charge? Can we do 60? We you think we can do 60? All right, let's do 60. And then not actually taking anything else into account and thinking like, you know what? Here would be a nice thing to do for our fans to get them back in, bring them back into the stadium um, I don't know, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever like the, yeah, you know, uh, uh, whatever a cheap sort of price, um, you know, equates to. Mm. Um, it would be, like that would have been a really nice sort of, um, I don't know, just a really nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it just seems like there's just a, a, just, you know, a lack of um, 
a lack of, you know, connection to whatever is really happening there to think that, okay, you're just going to charge this and, well, we know there's enough people out there who are desperate enough to pay it. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that you should charge that. Totally. I've just realized I can make an analogy and I don't know if I made this before, but my uh, East Coast, West Coast Eagles membership costs a hundred dollars. And through that, I get access to every single West Coast game in Melbourne, uh, which is cheaper than going to one, that one Spurs game. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is. All right. So actually the other thing that happened at the end of this game is Kane kind of did like a goodbye lap of honor, um, which I, if it hadn't been paired with the interview, which we will talk about later, uh, I would be fine with. But paired with the interview, I was like, the campaign is ramping up for him to to leave. Like this is, if he'd just done this, we would have got the same. We would have been like, okay, he's leaving. Uh, like when Ericsson said goodbye, it was like, oh, Ericsson's leaving. He definitely wants mm. to leave. Um, but, yeah, it was a bit much in one week. <laughs> well, especially seeing how – so apparently as part of the deal of the game was that the fans were told that the players were going to do a lap of honour afterwards oh. with the whole squad. Okay. So but then you see most of the players go down the tunnel. Yep. And then you're left with Kane. And then I think there was also Delhi, Son and possibly Bale. Um, and actually maybe I think Tangi was also somewhere like around the middle of the pitch or something, didn't really do the lap. But then it was basically Kane going by himself. Yeah. <laughs> having what looked like a really um, intense a really emotional. Sad, yeah, yeah. It was like he was he looked genuinely really sad and like sadder than just playing really badly against Villa and losing a game. Yeah. Like it definitely seemed that it was a lot more weighted than that. Mm. Um, it was also kind of weird to see him like so sad at like doing this sad lap of honor with like so few fans in the stadium. Like it wasn't a yeah. full stadium and it was just a very weird sort of thing to do, which I think like what you were saying, it's like it definitely seems a bit more showy mm. to to kind of go like, well, we got, you know, we've got a small amount of fans here, uh, like still enough, but like, you know, what, one-sixth of the stadium yeah, sort of full, to then have this big sort of farewell, go around clapping. Like he was going very slowly. Yeah. Um, and like you say, that definitely, you know, <laughs> add that to the interview, which we'll talk about later. Um, it definitely seems a bit more planned, I think. Mm. Um, but then anyway, apparently then after he goes in and a couple of other players clap, then, um, you know, fans were told to leave and they were like, oh, where's that lap of honour? Well, look, if you pay 60 pounds for something, yeah. you're going to want whatever you can get out of it. Absolutely. So you're going to like, normally if they were going to do, you know, you're waiting around, they're like, they're going to do a lap of honour. I'd probably be like, well, we lost. I don't care. I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, but if you pay that money, you're like, give us our damn lap of honour. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, um, yeah, the security told them like everyone had to go and a large majority of the fans did go, but then some stayed and they're like, we're not leaving until we get our lap of honour. Um, and then about half an hour later, the players, like the, the team came out and did it. But apparently it was very weird at that stage because it was like there were barely any fans left, like under a 1,000 or, mm. um, or maybe even less than that. And it was just this weird thing of like the players had obviously been forced to come back out and do this sort oh, of lap of honour scenario. Um, but, yeah, I think it was good to – it was crucial to mention that <laughs> before yeah. we get to our um, a bit Spursy votes because that was definitely a big part of the game. And it felt very weird, like being up at 5 a.m., yep. sitting here, having played so badly, watching that, seeing Kane really sad, um, seeing this whole thing unfold and just seeing Kane by himself do a lot. Like, it was just 
It was it was a bizarre thing to see. Yeah, it was like Twilight Zone. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Yeah. I um didn't know about that. That sucks that the players didn't do that lap of honor because like uh you know, I they are not responsible for setting the ticket prices, nor were they responsible for the ESL, but there has been a great deal of tension between the club and its supporters. And it's it would have been kind of good to do the lap. But also from a player perspective, I understand that the game ended and they got ferociously booed. <laughs> so I, I can understand why you'd want to hightail it out of there because you probably would be like, they don't want us to do this lap of honour. I, I can see that as well. Like yeah. If you've played badly and you know it, probably the last thing you want to do is go and do that because you're also probably embarrassed. Like Yeah. About like, wow, we played so badly. Mm. I just need to go to the change rooms. And some of them, I'm sure there would have been some anger as well in the change rooms of like, you know, frustration for how poorly they played. And yep. they probably want to get that out. Mm. Um, so, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Spursy medal. It's a bit Spursy medal. All right. Should I go first? You can go first. You can go okay. first. So I struggled. Um, I've given three votes to Bergvine uh, because it was great to see him back. And it was great to see him score that rocket of a goal. It got me excited. I was scraping for votes. He probably wouldn't usually get three, but here we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I feel you. It's a tough game to give, to give our votes here. So that's that's fine, yeah. Uh, two, I've given to Larice, Um because from memory, he made a couple of pretty good saves. Uh, he didn't do anything to directly result in any goals from memory. Um, so he gets two. Yep. Great. Uh, one I've given to Tanganga, uh, because, um, he tried, he tried hard. He always does. And he got an injury. So <laughs> I'm giving him one. Uh, then I'm giving negative three to Reggion <laughs> <laughs> because that is one of the worst games for someone not called Harry Winks or Eric Dyer that I have seen on, in a Spurs shirt. Um, or Vlad uh, Kirikesh. Um, and then I'm also giving negative three to Mason <laughs> because what was that team selection? Uh, the only good outcome from it, I would think, is that it made it very, very, very clear that he is not ready to be our manager permanently. Uh, and so that conversation or any of those kind of speculations as, as to him becoming our manager died in this game. Um, so yeah, that would be, that's it. Great. So it was negative three for Mason. Yes. And negative three for Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> I like you've come out swinging for I this, um, which I think is warrant. It's definitely so warranted for this game. Um, great. I'll give you my votes. Oh yes, please. Okay. You'll, you'll, this, this is interesting. So three votes. Um, I'm giving to Bergwijn. Yep. Great. <laughs> wow. Um, same reasons. It's like this was so tough to give out votes for yeah. in this game. Yeah, like it was. It really was a challenge mm. to like, like we said before. Like it's been so fun with the bit Spursy medal. It's like, oh, who did that cool thing? Who was fun to watch? Who played well? Who's come back in a team? Who was looking sharp? Who was you know at least getting something going? And this week it was like, how are we going to allocate these votes? Like how are we going to ration these out to the squad? It's so difficult. Yep. So all Bergwijn has to do is basically just score this goal at the start <laughs> of the game um, and then he gets three votes. Yep, a big three. So, you know, this was the – if 
you know, if any players are going to complain to us about the bit Spursy medal votes and proceedings, all we have to say to them is, look, you had the Villa game. Mm. If you just did like one good thing. Just one thing. You would have got some votes. Yep. Because we have to give out the votes. We have to. Like we <laughs> we have to give out the votes. Yep. Um, I mean, we also don't have to, but we want to. We want to give out the votes. We're we very do. charitable with these votes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Bergwijn, you got you got yeah. six from that game. Well done, uh, which is great job. Yeah. Uh, my two votes uh, <laughs> also gone to Hugo. Great. Um, because again, it's like I I didn't think that the goals were really his fault. I think it was the the defense's fault, and I think he made you know a, a couple of good saves. Um, he also made. I mean, he also took down Watkins. Um, yeah, that's and, true. Um. But whatever, that's fine. Yep. We we move on <laughs> from that. Um, again, tough round. Tough round to give out votes. <laughs> um, I also gave one to Tanganga. Yeah. Wow. Well, because I think, you know, Tanganga is someone who'd like, you know, we've spoken about very positively and it's someone that we want to see in the team. Yeah. Like we've been so desperate to see Tanganga getting regular minutes. Um, and there were patches in this game where he still, like he he, he did look okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of talk of like, is he a center back? Is he a right back? Is he whatever? Like, I really can see him playing right back. And like, I think he could be our starting right back next season. Yeah, he very well um, could be. Totally. Whereas like center back, I think center back to me is so much more about who you're paired with. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas I think like, again, obviously if you're a fullback, it still depends on who's in the center turn line, of course. But I think that as a fullback, there's a probably a little bit more autonomy in how you're playing. And yeah, you need to make sure you're getting back, but you can also choose to go forward. And I kind of like that when he does go forward, he does have that strength. Like sometimes when we've seen him in the, in the, the couple of games he's played this season, he does um, like to take a player on and he doesn't just need to beat them for pace. He does kind of like, you know, throw his arms out a bit and sort of use that strength that he has to get past them too, um, which I think is really nice to see um, from a fullback. Just play like I, I think he gives us a more physical option. Totally, um, yeah. I would. There. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I really just want to see him start uh, one game at centre back or a couple of games just to see, you know, how how he played. I know he's done it before. Um, but I want to see it again, like, and see how he plays there before he gets too sort of profiled as playing uh, out on the right. Um, but I completely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not against you playing a centre back, and I think at the end of the day, having a, a player who can play right back can can come in the middle is good. Yeah, I think just for centre back for me personally, I'm more excited to see Rodon get a spot there, and then I think we need a top grade center back to come in yeah so if tanganga was playing right back but then he could also play in the middle depending on yeah back um, three back three depending on um you know the formation how we're playing and um especially if we get if we got you know a young maybe you know more up and down fullback um you know like i don't, I don't know if we're linked anymore but like someone like max Aaron's or someone like that yeah um then it's like cool we've now got some options where our defense can shift around a little bit and we can do some um just yeah, make some changes and not be predictable with yeah. who we're going to play. Um, so I don't think we'd speak about Tanganga for this long, like yeah, in a game wow. so devoid of anything. Yeah. But um, there he goes; he gets one vote and a very uh, very positive appraisal yeah. as well. Um, uh, encouragement awards. I've given none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've given two. Oh. So I've given one encouragement award to VAR. Great. Um, and that's for not giving the penalty on Watkins. Because yep. I like you, you said, you know, not a thing, but I was like, that is a, to me, it was, <laughs> it should have been a penalty. Yeah. And we've been on the wrong side of some decisions we sure have. recently. So it was nice to see, um, you know, to see us actually get something that went in our favor. Excellent. Yep. Um, I've also given one, uh, well, sorry, it's, it's, it's half a point, but the encouragement award as well to uh, Hoybier. Because mm. um, there was a, a, a point in the game where he tackled Grealish. Yep. I think it was Grealish. Um, and then Hoybier like did the thing where he like, you tackle someone and you fouled them and you're definitely going to get carded. And he just like was pretending to be injured on the ground yeah. and then just refused to get up. And the referee's standing over him with the yellow card <laughs> and Hoybier's just sitting on the ground, just not getting up. And he's just playing that like, you know, that rubbish thing. He's like sitting down for 20 minutes, just, you know, well, if I don't get, if I never get up for the rest of the game, he can't give me the card, can yeah. he? Yeah. Um, and what I don't understand is like, why is the rule that the player has to be standing for you to give them the card? Yeah. Like, surely he's sitting right in front of him. Just give it to the him. The ref's there. Just you can, you can just hold the card at him when he's looking at you <laughs> yeah. and go, yeah, look, you've got the card, mate. Yeah. It's clearly you. Like, if the ref points to him, fine. But why is there a rule to be that sta- the player has to be standing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what if you just roll off the pitch and just stay on the ground? Is that like a loophole? And the ref's like, well, uh, couldn't cut him. He's it, done me. <laughs> he's done me. He didn't get up. Yeah. Um, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Um, and anyway, that was that. Okay. This shows what the game was that a player gets an encouragement award vote for doing that. Yeah. In this. Absolutely. Um, I'm also taking away uh, some points. Some points. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, not quite as many as you. Okay. But um, I think yours are very warranted. Mm-hmm. I am taking away two from Reggie. Yep. Um, I think you taking away three is a very good call. Thank you. But I'm. <laughs> but I'm just taking away two because I thought two goals, two points minus two. Yeah. So that mine's works. a goal each, and then it was three a.m. So he gets another one. Okay. So off. he's blamed for the whole, um, just the whole scenario <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. No, that's valid. That's fair. Um, those are all the points for uh, a bit Spursy medal. Very good um, for that game. Yeah. Maybe we should just very quickly cover like just the front runners for the oh, bit Spursy yeah, medal. Yeah, I would love to know. Yeah. What's that? what's the who are the front runners? Okay, so the front runners. Yep. We've got uh, Hugo on nine. Wow. <laughs> Unexpected. Make a couple of good saves. In yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're getting in there. Um, we've got Hoybier on six. Cool. Cool. Still in the mix. Well done. Uh, Bale on six. Well done. Um, Delhi on eight. Whoa. So, um, yeah, cool. Well, I think that Delhi is benefiting from. I like the look you're giving me now is like, how has that happened? It's me. And it's like, it's like, you've given him a three, you've yeah. given him a two. But I, yeah. That <laughs> the, new haircut. The shade you just gave me then. <laughs> oh, no, that was just a surprise at, at his high score. I'm happy. Yeah. Well, I think that he's kind of at least come in and has looked relatively positive for the yeah. games that he's played. Because this is only the last five games of the season. Um, but he's come in and looked relatively positive. So, you know, you're a bit Spursy medal. Is is it the perfect, uh, perfectly run yeah. trophy? Not not necessarily. No, but given that it's only five games, the sample size is very small. Exactly. You just play consistently, and you're in for a shot mm-hmm. at the medal. 
Exactly. So it's just, it's a re- it rewards consistency. It does. It rewards people coming back after a long time out in the cold and when they do one or two things, you're going to get three votes. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, Bergwijn is now on six. Wow. So <laughs> he scores one goal yeah. in a horrible game yeah. and now has six points to show for it wow. and he's in with a shot after we uh, get through the Leicester game. That is unbelievable. So that's where we're standing with a bit Spursy medal. Um, I think we can rule out Dyer, who's on negative five, and <laughs> Reggie, who's also on negative five. Yep, cool. Um, right. But yeah, there we go. Wow. All right, let's uh, let's get going on um, Spurs versus Leicester. Uh, this was much better. We watched this together. Um, we broke the curse that we have of every game we watch together, we lose. However, for the majority of this game, it looked like the curse was still holding strong. And I'm still very surprised. I've watched the highlights a couple of times because I'm like, was that some kind of weird fever dream that we actually won that game? Because there were periods where, you know, we looked pretty good, but there were also periods where we looked like we had no idea what we were going to do or how to move the ball. So I'm very pleased. Um, But yeah, it it was good. It was a good... it was a good result at the end. Yeah. But it definitely felt like, I think, from watching it, um, it we didn't play well. Like, especially in the first half, mm. it just seemed like, it seemed like one of these games were like, oh, Leicester's going to smash us. Yeah. Um, and like you say, we were watching this game together. Mm-hmm. So I thought the curse was just upholding. Yep. Um, and also we had the, you know, we had the iPad out, which had like checking some other games. Yeah. We kept checking the, um, the league table on our phones and yep. following that throughout the game. That was actually probably the most exciting part of the first, I don't know, 60 minutes of the game. Yeah. I think. Um, we're just seeing how things were changing of, okay, cool, Leicester are back in Champions League spot. Oh, no, we're below Arsenal. Yeah. How How is this going to happen? And then I remember we had a lot of hypotheticals asking each other, like, well, do we prefer for Chelsea to miss out but us to finish below Arsenal? No, 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 no. We can't have that happen. We need to finish above Arsenal which means that we need to beat Leicester, which means that Chelsea would go through. Um, and it was quite it, it was nice to have, I guess, the the final day of the season, just a lot of results which could go in different directions. Yeah. Um, it was a real selfie, uh, selfies? Sophie's choice yeah. with the like, well, if we lose this, then Chelsea uh, are not going through. And as we know uh, from my words on this podcast, I hate them. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, that felt good, but also like definitely don't want to finish below Arsenal. And then there was also the added uh, variable of the um, conference league where it's like, do we want to be in that? Who knows? Um, and so it was, it was a bit, I'm glad we won. I'm glad we finished above Arsenal. I don't know about the conference league. Maybe it'll be fun. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it kind of sounds like it's this party that we've been invited to and it's like a friend of a friend. Yeah. And it's like we don't really want to go. Yeah. We also know there's not going to be any, like anyone we know there and we're yeah. not really feeling talkative that night. Mm. Like it's it's not an exciting event at yeah. all. But something that we kind of know we have to go to. Yeah. And we can't go there and sulk. Yeah. Uh, to give an example, I once went to a friend of a friend's party and as we rocked up, someone ran up to the balcony, said, who the F are you guys? Then projectile vomited off it. And I was like, this is this is going to be bad. And we walk in and on the couch are three people sitting with two snakes. 
<laughs> live snakes. Live snakes. Where, was this party in Jumanji? Yeah. Or what was, <laughs> yeah. It was, um, I think it was in South Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Weird place. Jumanji-like. So, yeah, Jumanji-like. Um, yeah, that's what the conference league yeah. is. <laughs> that's what the conference league is. Definitely. And I think, look, with, with conference league... Um, I think we need to. I think we need to try and win it. Yeah. Okay. If we're in it, I think that we need to like try and try and win and build up that. You know, we always talk about this winning mentality and winning things and and all that sort of stuff. And like, yeah, our squad gets into win, like you know finals and we don't win them. Mm. So I'm not really of the opinion of like, okay, we should use conference league purely just to blood youngsters and not even care about results at all. Like I, I think of course we should have rotation going into play, you know the teams that we're going to play in that because they're not going to be top quality teams, and it's really good to have some rotation. But I think we should still take that league seriously. Well, that that it feels weird to call it league. It's not a league. Um, that tournament, yeah, that, that cup. Um, they're all called leagues, but they're not league anyway. Yeah. Wow. Debate for another day. Yeah, that's um, going to be a podcast. We're going to uh, over the break. <laughs> we'll be defining leagues and tournaments. Yeah. Is this a league or is this a tournament? Yeah. Uh, and we'll go quite deep on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, like I just think we need to go for it. We need to try and win it. Mm. And if we don't, if okay, if we're not making the final in conference league, because to my knowledge as well, there aren't any Europa League teams that drop down into that. There aren't, definitely aren't any Champions League teams that drop down into that. Um, if we're not making the final of Conference League, yeah, like that's going to be a really poor mm. showing. There's also no other English teams in it. Mm. So any of the teams that sort of finished above us, it's not like we can face them yeah. and have, you know, there's some local rivalry there. Um, this isn't to discredit all the other teams that are in the league <laughs> from like, you know, the Austrian first division and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yep. But like... We need to have a solid run here and we need to get to the final. And, yes, if we do win Conference League and we're hoisting up the trophy uh, and we celebrate it, sure, Arsenal-Chelsea fans, we're going to get a lot of stick for that. Mm. But at this stage, I prefer to win something, Yeah, even if it is a Conference League. Yeah. My attitude towards it initially was like, this is terrible. We don't need another league. The Europa League is long and tedious enough. Uh, we don't need a whole league made up of teams to which you have to travel many hours on a plane and then play on a paddock um, against uh, farmers who are still part of the Soviet Union. But now I have changed my mind and I've decided to embrace the Conference League, the types of fields and the occupations of the players that play within it. Um, I am actually very excited. I'm not that focused on winning because to me winning that trophy – uh, is embarrassing. So, <laughs> um, hang on, don't be too cool to win conference league. Oh, but I want to enjoy it for how ridiculous I'm assuming it's going to be. Well, we can have fun with it. Like next season, yeah. you know, like when we've got conference league games on, we can do some deep dives on the teams we're playing. Oh, yeah. And that'll be fun to mm. kind of, you know, get some like, you know, get some facts on those and, and like you say, find out that the teams are full of part-time players yeah. and, and all those sorts of things. Like, I think if we embrace, like you say, if we kind of embrace the, um, I don't know, em- embrace the narrative of it um, and try and have fun with it, that's probably the way to enjoy Conference League as opposed to maybe taking it as a super serious tournament and getting really worked up about it all the time. Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously because Mourinho's new team, Roma, is in it, we will play them at some point. Are they point. in Conference League? Yep. Really? Yep. <laughs> We're absolutely going to play them. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Imagine that, the final. Mm-hmm. Spurs-Roma. Yeah. And, like, let's just say if ridiculousness happens and we get Pochettino back oh. with Spurs against Mourinho's Roma. God, that would be great. That, that's a game. I think I'd vom from nerves. Oh, that would, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, because I'd be so desperate for us to win. Totally. See, uh, look, look how excited we're, we're getting about Conference League. Conference League <laughs> is going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so back, <laughs> back to the game, we had the Toby penalty, which I remember at the time, both of us looked at each other and were like, that's absolutely a pen. And it was, thanks to VAR. Um, yeah, and, definitely a pen. And Vardy puts it away pretty easily. Um, it's been said to me previously that scoring from a penalty, you have a 70% chance of scoring. So it's very much in the attacker's favor. Now that the, I would like to know what the chance is now that uh, the goalkeepers have to stand on the line. I can imagine it's probably even higher. Yeah, because they yeah, they used to be really loose with their enforcement of that. Yeah, like it was always the rule you had to do it, but like they'd always turn a blind eye. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. never do it. But now, like yeah, you see so often they retake penalties um, if the keepers come off the line um, to get that slight advantage. Yeah. Um, Although speaking of penalties, did you see? And again, this is not a topic, but um, did you see Neymar's penalty? No. Okay, so uh, PSG lost. Uh, no, so they won the game, but they mm. lost the the league title uh, to Lille. Oh. So Lille won. Mm. So Poch didn't get the job done. Oh. Well, I'm not going to blame Poch because I haven't watched any of their games. Yeah. Like, the players didn't get the job done. Yeah. Like we're team Poch here. Yeah. Um, and there's a penalty where Neymar, he, he, you know, he gets his stupid run. Like he's the most overrated player in the world. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, he's just very marketable, and so like every you know teenager thinks he's god. Yeah, but he's such an overrated player. Goes missing in big games. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, okay, he does 25 stepovers against like the 18th place team or something like that. Yeah, like he's playing futsal in Brunswick or something. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and like yeah, cool. He had a nice pass against like Bayern Munich that where he played through like I think it was Marquinhos or something. And it, but then that was lauded as like, is this the best pass of all time? You're like, get yeah, stop it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he had a penalty. I just wanted to rant about Neymar. <laughs> how much I, I'm not a fan. Um. He had a penalty, and the keeper gave him at least two thirds of the goal to aim for. Yeah. Like the keeper is legitimately standing in touching distance of one of the posts. Really? Like 100. percent Like I'll show you. I'll show you the the, mm. the penalty later. But um. And then. Neymar does his little run up yep. and like he does his like little, you know, his little tiny steps and then tries to just side foot it and just completely misses. <gasps> Did he try and go for the two thirds of the goal? Yeah. Wow. So the, the keeper just psyched him out. Psyched him out so hard. High risk, high reward that from the keeper. And I like awesome. that. That is awesome. Have you heard the story that Neymar always manage, manages to be uh, injured or suspended for his sister's birthday? Is that true? Yeah, and he goes back to Brazil. Yeah, every year. It's like, oh, uh, oh, he just managed to get his fifth yellow card. Yeah. Or, you know, he gets sent off. Like, what? Yeah, or like, oh, my back's playing up. Yeah, I have to go back to Brazil. Because I think I was reading something that, like, um, back injuries are really hard to actually show up on scans properly. Uh... So sometimes, I think it was to do with when players were wanting to leave clubs. It might have been an old um, athletic article where they're saying if a player wants to leave a club, Sometimes they start making up injuries to miss games and they do that and that often they'll choose to say like the lower back injury because it's really hard to, to actually do a scan and show that as 
an injury. Yeah, right. Um, so that's like a, a bit of a, a bit of a favorite. Mm. Um, so I guess there's a tip, Barney. If you ever want to get out of work or anything you have yeah. to do, lower back injury. Yeah. And they people can say, "Where's the proof?" You go, "Well, I, I can't prove. You're gonna have to trust me." Medical science can't help me here. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. That's great. I'm done. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Vardy. Yep, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy, not the guy you went to school with, M- Matt. Oh yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. My brain was getting very confused oh, before. Oh, okay. Um, and I was having this internal dialogue and fighting with myself. Uh, but Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Yeah. And I'm sure that people have made the Vardy comparison mm. before, because um, he had two VAR decisions go for him in this game. He sure did. Yeah. Leicester had two penalties given to them. One of which, yes, the Toby one. Definitely a penalty. The second one, no way. Absolutely not a penalty. Um, and even after the game, you saw Sanchez and Vardy. They were like laughing yeah. with each other because Sanchez was going up to Vardy and he was kind of like, he motioned like that he'd like that Vardy had pulled his arm yeah. and he was laughing. He's like, no, that's come on, that's not a thing. And then Vardy was like laughing back at him. Like they had a nice, it was a pleasant yeah. moment. Mm. But you almost thought that that was kind of Vardy kind of admitting in a sense of like, yeah, I got one over you then. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. He, I, I got oh, that decision. He linked arms with him, pulled, fouled him, and then flopped yeah. and got. He did the Hoybier, but he got away with it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, um, the the goal in between that that we did score was Kane's goal. It was really well taken by Kane. Um, it was a total mess in the lead up. Um, we were trying to figure out earlier who got the assist, and Son just kind of miss hits it into the ground. It rebounds off somebody uh, and ends up uh, with Kane. Um, I think it might have rebounded off Sanchez. Oh, even possibly. Great. Sanchez was there, whether it was him or whether it was the one of the defenders. Sure. But I think it might have come off Sanchez. Mm. Um, okay. Um, I have a note here about this goal, which is why I want to bring it up. Um, that you didn't celebrate at all <laughs> when it went in. I don't do that anymore. I can't celebrate. Oh, uh, that's what you'd. I thought it was to do with Kane. Oh. Because um, you were just. It, probably, it might have been a little bit to do with Kane. Yeah. Because I think as well, this was after the Sky Sports it was. interview. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I didn't really feel too much ab- about it um, for a couple of reasons. One, I think it was just when we score goals these days, I find it so hard to celebrate unless it's like clear cut open pitch. Um, like like Bale's goal at the end. Yeah. Like I know we're jumping up, but like Bale's goal at the end. It's like there's no way VAR can call anything for that because Bale goes on this huge long run. There's no possible offside, no possible handball. There's no way that could not be a goal. Whereas just anything in the box and like I'm just – I'm always waiting for VAR to rule it out. Mm. And I think probably you're right. I was like a little bit salty about game. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so we had the the pen that they scored and then we had this mess that at the time I thought was a Davinson goal – but it ended up, I think, being credited to a Schmeichel own goal yeah. uh, to equalise. Um, Schmeichel punches it, it goes in, and he kind of punches like he gets Davinson on the follow through. Yeah, that's right. And then he complained to the ref. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How unfair it was. He lost his mind after this went in. Like it felt like Leicester, the whole game, Leicester was doing an impersonation of Spurs. Like they really, really Spursied it up with getting two penalties and then losing in the end. Um, and they just kind of lost their heads completely. Well, they kept panning to shots of the crowd um, yeah. and showing the fans celebrating. Like 
getting so excited as if they're back in the Champions League. Uh, like fans were losing it. Yeah. Because I think as well throughout the game, there were a couple of other results that initially at some stage started going their way, mm. which meant that if they won, they would go through. Yeah. Um, and like they seemed, they were so excited, um, which was kind of in hindsight, that's a bit sad to see in a way. I know it's yeah. the opposite team, but, you know, fans that wanted it so much um, to see how it collapsed for them. But I agree. It's like if you're a Leicester fan watching that, the first two goals, I know Kane scored and made it 1-1, mm. but um, – even once it goes to two one, we weren't playing. Spurs weren't looking dangerous. Yeah. So, I can see if you're a Leicester fan, you'd be thinking, "We got this. Mm-hmm. Wow, we've got this. We're back in." Um, but then, yeah, they they did in us. Uh, they get they drop points from winning positions. Yep. Um, and I heard a stat that if we didn't hadn't if for, if you look back at our season, if we didn't concede like silly last minute goals and stuff from winning positions, we would have had another twelve points. Wow. Which would have put us, I think, in second. Wow. Um, so, like, it shows how important it actually is mm. to see games out and not give away those last-minute goals yeah. and how detrimental it can be to a season. Because mm. if we look back, if we take those games and we're in second, no one's going, this is such a horrible season. No one's jumping on Twitter and complaining yeah. about you know 95% of our squad. Mm. We're going like, yeah, this is like, wow, that's really good. That's a great team. Yeah. Um, if we have that and then even these like, you know, if we beat Villa, if we beat Leeds, two teams of games we should have won, we're like three points behind City or something. Mm. And I know I'm drawing a lot of like um, if, if a lot if, of ifs in here. Yeah. But I think it just sort of shows that, yeah, it is something to really address of, you know, not throwing games away when you're in the driver's seat. Um, like it's fine if you're coming back. If you're down and then you come back and you win, great. But if you're the one throwing it away, that's really something to address because it has like, you know, huge catastrophic effects over the course of the season if that happens a few times. Totally, totally. Um, on uh, our Spursiness that uh, Leicester uh, took on for that game, do you think that – because obviously Bale comes on and he scores two goals and wins us the game and looks like the – I want to say a million bucks, but he earns like that in a minute. So I can't really say <laughs> yeah. that. Um, I thought it was great. And uh, I mean, it was great. So that's not really <laughs> interesting. But <laughs> he probably benefited from Fafana going down and having to go off. And then um, Rogers made some weird choice where he dropped. Was it Fafana that went off? Am I? Fafana got injured. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then someone dropped back to, to play centre back. I think was it Indeedy who dropped back? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. So we didn't bring on Wes Morgan. Um, yeah. I think we benefited from that because the game got very open and stretched and we sort of, we brought them down to our level of like caretaker manager. Like we're just going to kick it around, see what happens. Oh, t- totally. I think that's a good point because like their centre backs, like Soyonchu. Who we kept watching the game and going like, whoa. Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Could we have him? Like, yeah. um, and I think seeing him play oh, the game was it last season where we were away to Leicester and like um when Yama gave away, like gave the ball away, you know, um around the sort of um halfway line and they just scored a couple of goals. I think we were up as well and we lost that. But in that game, I think it was the first time I'd seen like Soyon Chu. And he was just like so quick, so strong, so like this young player who just seemed fearless as a centre, and we're like, he seems pretty decent. Um, and then watching this game again, it's like, ooh, 
that would be great to have <laughs> yeah. a player like that. And Fafana's done so well this season too. So and, well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really solid young centre-back pairing that they have there. Mm. Um, but I think you're right, like taking Fafana out of it, uh, it did change the game a little bit. And like you say, Bale came on and he did look like a million bucks. Yeah. And also it is what he makes it a minute. <laughs> yeah. And it's like he'd spend that a week on toilet paper. Like he mm. has... He has so he gets paid so much money, it is ridiculous. Yeah, so much money. Like he's our, I think our, our top play, like most you know expensive player in terms of wages, and we're only paying forty percent of his salary. Mm. Like it's insane. Yeah. Um. But he's quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He delivered. Like, and it was also I was pleased to see as much as. You know, you can't expect Mason to be this mastermind. But this game, he used Bale how I think Bale should have been used all season, where it's like the game's a bit stretched, there's 20 minutes to go. Um, all right, let's put him on and see what happens. Um, and, like, there was just this, you know, the, the moment where Sun for the first Bale goal or the third Spurs goal, Sun's carrying the ball forward. He passes to Kane who, like, pretty much runs into a dead end, turns around and then passes it back to Bale who like just does such a great finish. I was like, this is what we could have had. Like the whole season we could have had that. As much as it was imperfect, it was like, yeah, but we've got three fantastic attackers combining here to make this goal. Um, Yeah, it was like happy sad <laughs> to oh, see that. Totally. Well, if you look at, I think he set a Premier League record for the lowest like minutes per goal with a player who has scored over 10 league goals in a season. Yep. Um, yep. So I can actually tell you. <laughs> so oh. he <laughs> he has scored, uh, now I've lost him, where is he? 11 goals for the season, right? Which is the same amount as Sadio Mane, but he's played a third of the minutes that Sadio Mane has played. He also, in the tiny amount that he has played, outscored Marcus Rashford, Saha, Antonio, a <laughs> Bamiyang, <laughs> uh, Pepe, uh, Sterling. Like, that is seriously good output. Totally. It's incredible output. Yeah. Um, and when you put it like that, it's like, you know, there's been a lot of chat of like, do we bring him back? Do we, do we like, you know, um, just let him go and move on? And like, I'm all for bringing him back because, like, for how, yeah, he's expensive, but for like the transfer fee, for us to find someone who can come back and give us that again next season. I know as well that if you're investing in Bale, like you're just paying his way. It's like you're renting a house. Yep. You know, like you're not buying a property that you can resell. Mm. So you can, you know, you're just renting. <laughs> it's like uh, rent money, dead money, yeah. um, as I'm always told as I continue to rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like I get that. But I think for, for what you're paying, I think it costs like 10, 15 mil for the season. If you were to try and bring in a player who can score like, you know, 10, 11 Premier League goals off so many, so, so few minutes, and if they're another striker in the league or a, a attacking player, like you're paying like 30, 40 million easily. Yeah, easy. Because um, if you times his minutes by giving him like a full season or red, relatively full season, he's getting up to 20 goals a season mm. um, or 20 goals in this season. Um, and I know it doesn't exactly work out like that, but yeah. if you just look at it like that, like he's, you know, he is still a very talented player. You know, he's a lot more, um, you know, he's a lot more, I, I guess he's a, he's probably a bit, 
he's playing within himself a bit, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because like what you say is like if he comes off the bench for us, if he starts some games and then maybe he goes off at 60th minute, whatever, or other games, he's kind of like the plan B and we're still getting him involved for 20, 30 minutes. If he's scoring as many goals as he has now, like it doesn't matter. It's like he's more efficient than other players who will be playing the whole game. So even if he isn't defending as much as um, as another player might, like does it matter? Like if you get him involved in some form at some stage, yeah. Like how do we? How is that a loss in mm. that situation? Totally. Well, it's like if we reset the metric on our expectations of Bale. So him coming back, obviously very exciting. The player we knew the player that we sold to Madrid was not the player we were getting back injuries, blah, blah, blah. He's won four champions leagues. If this player that scores 11 goals in the amount of time that Bale scored those 11 goals was some random dude. We signed from the French league who was 31 years old, who then came in and did that. The fans would be going ballistic at how great the signing was. And he would be a cult hero and it would be, you know, everyone would be saying, please keep him, please keep him. But it's bail. So we are expecting, you know, ridiculous things. But he doesn't do that anymore. You know, like, so his output is fantastic. So I don't see any reason as to why we shouldn't, like, keep him for next season. We definitely should. We definitely should. And, you know, in his post-match interview, as he says, oh. <laughs> and he's like, what well, if I spoke my truth, it would cause chaos. Yeah. I'm like, well, if he was coming back to Spurs, that wouldn't cause chaos. Yeah. If he said he was going back to Madrid and he was going to just sit out his contract, I don't think that would cause much chaos. Mm. But what if he is possibly, after the Euros, going to retire yeah. and become a professional golfer? Ah. That's my call. That's your call. That's my call. And, uh, and, and, and if he doesn't retire and he goes, screw it, I'm going to sit at Real Madrid for another year, collect my last year of my contract, then I'm going to retire and become a professional golfer. He loves golf so much. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got an, in, an incredible handicap. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to go out and win majors or something, but if you're him and you, you've, he's got so much money saved up now, like he could definitely cross over mm. um, and – you know, probably at least play in some like celebrity golf tournaments yeah. and like yeah. and win something there. So yeah. that to me would be something which would cause a little bit of chaos. Mm, mm. Well, yeah, I was like, well, he's not going to stay. Yeah, he's not going to stay at Spurs because that's not the chaos. That, I mean, also everything he says does cause chaos. So it could be anything. My first thought was like, he's going to Arsenal. Oh, my God. <laughs> which yeah. I'm sure is not happening, but. I was just going to say, you do raise a good point that like he could also have just been referencing the last time he said anything. Yeah. Like in that Wales interview where he's like, well, the plan is just to come here, get fit, for you have the Euros and then see. And everyone's like, oh, whoa, what's going on? And yeah. that caused the thing. So he could possibly, you might be right and he could be referring that. Um, I just like getting carried away with this, you know. Golf theory. This golf theory. That- I mean, it's feasible. Like it could happen. I'd I'd watch him play golf. Yeah, I'd watch golf if he was playing. <laughs> yeah. We could do a golf podcast. We could do a <laughs> Gareth Bale golf podcast. Um, I, uh, I, I do you want to do the Spursy medal votes? Do you have anything to raise from this game? I don't think so because I think that you know um, the only thing would be in that uh, with Bale scored where Kane went through and 
um, and then ended up, you know, going a bit too far and couldn't score himself. Yeah. Kane's got to be like, he's got to be in a position which is like almost impossible for him to score and then he's going to shoot. But then if it's completely impossible for him to score, then he's going to look for the pass Yeah, when he's in the box. Yeah. Um, and But it, Kane handballed it. Yeah, he and did. VAR saw it and they went, you know what? We'll let that one go. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe they were thinking that, okay, the Vardy one was a little bit sus earlier. I don't think they actually operate like that. Yeah. But it seemed like it was nice justice to be like, well, that clearly hit his hand. And again, if you're doing letter of the law stuff, you would just give that um, as a, mm. um, you'd give that as a, a as a, 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 not not a foul, but whatever, you know. Yeah. It's a free kick to Leicester. Well, didn't they, did they not check, you know, after the Lucas, when he fell, and the ball hit his hand. Didn't they change the rules slightly that there was something? So then it wasn't a handball. I don't think so because I think we've seen other handballs earlier this season. Oh, okay. Where it's just hit someone's hand. From from my memory, what they did earlier this season was they were like having more debates on what part of the arm uh, constitutes a handball. Right. Like if it's above your shirt line, then mm. that becomes not a handball. And right. If it isn't, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It was kind of um, – it was lucky to be hit to, to be given, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's probably the last thing uh, I'd have to say. I guess actually the, the, actually the very last thing mm. would be Bale's last goal. Oh, yeah. Um, which to me, didn't, like it, it was so nice to see him just in full flight for him now, which is not what he used to be, but it's yeah. still he's got some speed when he gets yeah. going. Yeah, He just dribbled, like tore apart, you know, a, a Leicester team that was losing hope by the second. Yeah. And then the analogy I like is that, you know, he played it off the post as if like, you know, like in basketball, if someone's throwing themselves an alley-oop off the backboard yep. and then puts it in. Um, I don't think he did it on purpose, but I'd like to think he might have. But it was just nice to see, you know, um, you know, we, we talk about him being like, oh, he's not quick. He's not the player that he used to be. But it's like late in a game um, when he's got some energy, he can cause players, um, you know, opposition defenders some trouble. Yeah. Because he does have enough pace to worry a tired defender. Totally. Yep. Uh, he assisted himself. He assisted himself. If he doesn't get an assist for that as well. Yeah. The world's not right. No, the world is not right. Um, all right. Are you ready for my Spursy medal votes? Yep. Um, okay. okay. A bit Spursy medal. Oh, no, you should go first this time because I went first last I time. I should go first? Yep. Okay. Yep. Ah, yeah. So no copycats. Yeah. Because <laughs> I could definitely be accused of copying you last, but I didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to be clear. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure but, you did. I'm sure you did. I could be accused yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll just take precautions. So you're going first. We'll take precautions. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how we go. So my votes for the Abitsposi medal, the last game of the season against Leicester. Uh, I am going to give three points to Gareth Bale. Nice. Um, two goals. You know, and the assist. <laughs> yeah, and that sweet assist. Sweet assist. Not long on the field. Um, it was great. It was great. And also, like, his goals won the game. Like, it was 2-2. Yeah. So it wasn't just like we were already up by a couple of goals and it was just like, okay, well, he's just piling on the pain now. Um, he was there, right place, right time. And he looked so happy when he scored too. Like, it, yeah. You know, that was really nice to see. So three points for Bell. Great. Uh, I'm going to give two points to Harry Kane because mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's got a goal, he's got an assist. Um, I think overall, like at the Villa game, I think he was not good no. at all. No. He looked pretty average. Yep. And I think for a lot of these games since the, the League Cup, he's looked relatively average. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
he did score, did get an assist, and I think he generally was he was up and about. He was looking for it. He was it was doing okay. Um, one point, mm-hmm. I'm going to give that to Delhi. Oh, nice. Because um, I just think again, like to me, Delhi's been very consistent over this period. Um, and again, I liked it how he's operating. I like what he's doing. You know, I like his uh, his Instagram post. Yeah, I, I thought that was great too. Which is nice, where he's yeah. like, you know, I've learned a lot, and I know yeah. that you know I need to maybe I've taken things for granted in the past. Um, and I think that actually watching how Delhi is playing, because we were critical of him earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but actually watching how he's playing and the attitude with which he's playing, he genuinely seems like he's out there trying to get it back mm. and like get his magic back. Yeah. Um, and like just get back in his groove. Where yep. he is doing these things, which are just like so uniquely him, and um, yeah, it's just really nice to see that. Um, I agree. The redemption arc, the redemption arc, it's tantalizing to watch. Yeah, I yeah, the delaissance. I think we call yeah, it. The del- I think it's what we, yeah, yeah, the delaissance. Yeah, the delaissance. So he he got one 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 point. Um, I also gave um, an encouragement award to Sanchez. Great, because um, I think you know he was in on Schmeichel. Um, he kind of, you know, forced that a little bit. Also, I, I'm giving him like a loose assist for the uh, for Kane's first goal, Excellent. just for being in the mix. Um, and I think it's like it's easy to hate on Sanchez. Like, you know, he's gotten a lot of hate this season. Mm. Um, and I thought he was okay. You know, I, yeah, I agree. I thought it was okay this game. Um, I'm giving uh, a minus one. Yep. To Toby. Mm. Okay, and you, you might say, say, look, that's a little bit rough. Yeah. But it's really for that penalty. Um, yep. And I think if we're going to be giving like negative votes, you know, f- out freely to Region, yeah, like they're just on sale, mm-hmm. I think for Toby, the fact that he just like sticks his leg back. Is pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. And like for an experienced defender like that, mm. you know, you could argue it's like, well, he was if it's better for him to do that, force a penalty or just let. Um, Vardy shoot and it's like I know Vardy's very very quick of course any defender's going to have trouble with him but that wasn't a move that like a really experienced veteran defender should be making no so I'm giving a negative one to uh, to Toby okay um, I was going to give a plus one to VAR mm. for letting the cane handball go yep but then I was also going to give them a negative one for the Jamie Vardy second penalty Yep. So VAR has missed out on points this game for ah. me. Hard luck, VAR. Hard luck, VAR. Now that's that's it. They're my votes. All right, cool. Well, let me roll on through. Here we go. <laughs> Gareth Bale gets three votes from me because, well, like who else are you going to give three votes to in this game? He scored two great goals. Uh, if that is his last game at Spurs, what a great send-off. Very happy. Uh, I give two votes to Hoybier uh, because... He had to play in a midfield with Harry Winks for the second game in a row. <laughs> and he managed to come out of it looking all right. So that's two votes for me um, because he then sort of was the one, I guess, charged with the responsibility of moving the ball through the midfield up to the forwards, which is not why we signed him. That's not the player that he is, but he still did a, a fair enough job. So uh, well done. That, that's great. I, I also just noticed, I don't think we've given any negative votes to Winks. What? <laughs> like, Wicks isn't going to come last. He's going to come like... Has he got uh, any pluses? He's got no votes at all. He's not even on the sheet. Uh, yeah, well, that's fine. I'm happy with that. So it's, you've just kept him out of the a bit Spursy medal completely. Yeah. 
It's like you don't want to say his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to yep. even have him listed anywhere yep. on the voting form. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. What's that saying? It's like uh, any new like what is it? Any news is good news or something about like it, no uh, news is uh, no. It's like uh, if you get negative press, it's just as good as positive press because you're in the press. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like there's no such thing as bad press. There you go. Or bad publicity or something like that. Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, guess what, Harry Winks? You're not even in it. So <laughs> that's the ultimate punishment. Um, I give one vote to Harry Kane uh, because that finish was great. Uh, that pass to Bale was great even though he kind of, you know, Kane took it down the garden path a little bit. Um, I've taken a negative one. <laughs> uh from the ref um, because um, just like I didn't like the two penalties and so I've taken negative one from the ref and VAR. So they both get negative one. Okay, so the referee and VAR both get negative one. Yep. Okay, great. Um, And I've also taken negative one from Mason. I like that we like Barney. You know we won four two, right? Yeah. <laughs> we've got yeah. I've got to air my grievances for the year. Okay, so we're just making sure we've got negative one for the ref, yep. negative one for VAR, yeah, and negative one for Mason. Mason, yeah, because he picked Harry Winks again. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so actually, I think you, in a way, you have been voting against Winks with your Mason votes. Yeah, they're true to yeah. drag him down. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, this doesn't change the vote, but his subs in this game were like, better. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, it's, it, it actually could be more because he then also hasn't played Endor Ballet pretty much at all apart from 10 minutes against Villa and Lo Celso had a mysterious injury as well. So I, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, like if we – I think to be fair, if we cottoned on to the fact that we had complete control of our own medal voting system yeah. earlier in the uh, the five games. Yeah. And we thought, you know what, let's vote. Let's start voting for players outside of the team yeah. or people outside of the team or VR, things outside of the team. <laughs> yeah. I think Mason probably would have gotten some negative votes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <absolutely. laughs> he would have been probably a lot lower in yeah. that sense. Uh, which is harsh because, you know, like he's not a Premier League coach. Like, you know, like Jose would have got a lot of negative votes. Um but some positive as well, if we were counting from the start. Uh, I give my encouragement award to Davinson Sanchez because the penalty was not his fault. It wasn't a penalty. And like you said, he cops a lot of stick, but I thought he was pretty good in this game. And it was great seeing him, like, mostly match Vardy for pa- – like, it was like, oh, we've got a centre back that can run. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that makes me think – I should take away my negative one for Mason because he didn't play Dyer, which was great, um, but I won't. But you know the one rule we have in place is once a vote is announced, yeah, it can't be. That's the only rule I think taken. So I won't break it. Obviously, I guess you could turn around and go. I'm actually going to give another pos- uh, plus one to <laughs> yeah. Mason. <laughs> yeah, it's zero. Uh, nope, I'll leave it at that. Okay, great. Well, great. Yeah. So that that finalizes all the votes for the Abitspursy Medal. Yep. We have a winner. Who is it? So we're going to start with um, – I'm not going to read out the whole team. Don't worry. Cool. But um, the 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 worst, the yep. worst, uh, Region and Dyer both on negative five. Right. Harsh for Region, fair enough for Dyer. Harsh for Region, but that was also over a couple of games. Mm. I, know, I know it wasn't. It was just Villa. Yeah. Um, and Dyer, it was just Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 
look, the bits per it's it, it's a it's a harsh voting system that yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. Right, we're not pulling punches here. We are not. So you can play badly in one game and lose everything. You mm-hmm. can play really well in one game and get into contention. Yeah, especially when it's just done for five games. <laughs> yeah. So there, doubt uh, Mason. Honorable mention on the negatives of negative four. Okay, uh, all from you as well, <laughs> which is great. Which is great. Um, okay, so then um, in we have like okay, so in third place mm-hmm. we have Hoybier on eight. Well done. Well done. Well done, Pierre. Yeah. Well done, Pierre. Bergwijn made a late run and he had six just from that one <laughs> game. Well, I'm glad that Pierre, who played the most minutes for us. Has managed to place here. Yeah, it's got a podium finish. Yeah, well and done. From whatever I've learned of watching uh, Formula One, a podium is, is viewed as a very nice thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't all be winners. We can't all be winners. Well done, P E H. Well done. <laughs> well done. Um, in second place, we have a tie, <gasps> and that is between Hugo and Delhi, both on nine. Well done. So Delhi, probably the most consistent player across everyone, who's polled in pretty much every game apart from Villa. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Hugo polled in a couple of games and he's done well there. Um, but then we have the winner uh-huh. of the, uh, the, the inaugural A Bit Spursy medal mm-hmm. on 12 points. Oh. Gareth Bale. Well done. Well done, Gareth. He only polled in two out of the five games. <laughs> he did very well. But when he po- okay, when he polls... Yeah. He doesn't muck around. No. Because he's got th- straight threes. Mm. So that's a very clean, like, 12 points from him. Yeah. He's not getting little encouragement awards. No. He's not getting little ones and twos. No. He's just getting straight threes. Yeah. I mean, that, like, out of all those votes is probably the most accurate telling of a player's season because that's how it happened. Like, it was like he played well, he'd get a hat trick, or he would be anonymous. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Kind of that kind of works out. Oh, you just wouldn't make it off the bench. Yeah. So yeah. So there we go. Bale, uh, congratulations. Mm. Um, I'm sure he was tuning in and really hoping that he was going to take it home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well done. Uh, we're probably going to cop flack for this because you know if it's viewed as an anti-Kane thing, but you know Kane didn't play that well in across some of these last games. Yeah. And he only got five point five votes. So there you go. Well, I mean, Kane has the thing that kind of works against him where. Our expectations for him are so high that, uh, you know, what he does, you know, if another player had scored the goal that he scored in Leicester, we probably would have given them a vote. But also he, which is interesting as well, because I don't know how Sonny did, but, you know, he didn't place either. And it kind of shows, especially with Sonny, how much he has dropped off at the end of the season. Sonny got 1.5 votes. Yeah. And that was one against Sheffield Mm. uh, and then 0.5 against Leeds. Yeah, there you go. And, like, he is one of our joint favourite players. One of our joint favourite players scored 17 league goals in the season. Yeah. I think had, like, 10 assists or something. Mm, yeah. Like I would had a give, great season. I would give him a vote for anything pretty much and I couldn't find a way to do it. So We just couldn't. Like, we've got, um, you know, we uphold the, the – the, it's not a joke. No. No. Let's make that very clear. It is not a joke. It's and, not a joke and at the, all. The prize – the prize is I draw your portrait with the Abit Spurs medal on it and then send it to you on Twitter. Okay. It's like, <laughs> so Gareth Bale, check out your, well, not now, now but keep an eye out yeah. on your um, your Twitter inbox. Yeah. Um, and we'll see, you know, uh, Barney Pollock original. Yeah. 
of, and, and that's the prize we're going to go with. It's also very economical for us. <laughs> exactly. I am shocking at drawing as well. Well, but, but we've got to confirm that it's not a joke reward. No, no, it's not a joke reward because I'm shocking at drawing and yet I will put my whole heart into this piece. You'll be going off to a cabin in the woods for yep. like a week, mm-hmm. two weeks. Yep. Actually, I feel like cabin in the woods, it's always like serial killers and stuff you'd go do that. I don't yeah. mean, you, you'll go off somewhere like, like a beach house. Yeah, there you go. Beach house. That's a bit nice. A yeah. beach house. Mm-hmm. I might draw Bale as a mermaid. <laughs> He's got the hair. He's got the hair. He's got the hair. He's got the hair. So look forward to that. <laughs> Um, should we move on to the associated news? Yeah, there's because there's a little bit of associated news that we need to cover. Yes, absolutely. Um, and like, I'm surprised this week. I thought we were going to burn through the games a lot fast. I know we went on a few sidetracks, but mm. um, yeah, we we got through a lot there. Yeah. Um, I thought like, okay, we're going to get stuck into the associated news for a long time. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's like we almost forgot about it. I know. <laughs> usually it's all associated news um i and usually it's not relevant to games yeah at all, at all. yeah um my first item on the agenda for the associated news is yesterday when i was working at the bookshop that i work at here in melbourne um a uh guy bought a book i can't remember what it was he was wearing a, a spurs shirt this season and we had a really good chat and he said he was going to listen to the podcast. So if you did end up listening, hello. <laughs> it was nice to speak to a fellow Spurs fan. I love that this associated news is just a story about a guy you met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, is it associated news? It's associated with Spurs. Therefore, it's associated news. It's associated with the podcast. So, look, I love it. I love the inclusion of it. I <laughs> yeah. just know now for future episodes that my associated You can news, just say anything. It can, yeah. be, it can be anything there. Well, look, I, I hope that he did listen and... Yeah. Um, well, he couldn't have listened yet. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I hope that he does. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a friend of the pod. Yeah, that would be great. Well, another friend of the pod. Another we've, friend. Yeah. We've already got some friends. We've got some friends, friends of the pod. Um, what do you want to go with first? <laughs> also, that's the first item on the agenda. I just, because I kept, I kept up, I was like, do I bring it up first? Because I'm going to forget. And I keep on forgetting and then re remembering. And then I re remembered at that moment. So I was like, I okay, it was about, like, to me, that's the sort of news which is, like at the end of like the new, like the actual yeah, news on TV, yeah, it's like, like the six o'clock news, yeah, they get to like you know the last story of the day, and they're like, oh, just to cap it off, um, look at this video of a duck yeah. that is wearing a hat, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is that, it's that sort of caliber news, and it's like the breaking stories are mm. just waiting here. <laughs> I want to say that if I ran the news, those stories would open. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it would probably get me to watch the news more than what I do now. Yeah. Yep. So it would open with like, and look at these dogs. They're sitting at a table like human beings. <laughs> and then uh, and then the next thing will be like the coronavirus. Like yeah. it, we, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Look, I, I'm not I'm not questioning your uh, producing methods. I'm I'm all in for this. The 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 Barney News Hour. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you want to start with Kane or managers? Um, Kane. I think Kane first because that kind of leads into managers. Yeah. Great. Um. Obviously, he did that interview on Monday. I'm sure everyone that listens to this podcast will have seen it. Um, it was uh, ill-timed. Like, it's the start of his uh, leaving campaign uh, to get out of Spurs. Um, wh- why are they on a golf course? Why is it Neville? Like, oh, yeah, I hated it. Yeah. It's like from watching that, I learned that um, – 
So did you know that Harry Kane's name, I forget what it's called, but like when you take someone's name and rearrange the letters, the letters, yeah, um, and it spells something different. Like Tom Marvolo Riddle and Voldemort. Yes, yeah. yes. So if you do that with Harry Kane's name, yeah. it spells Judas Iscariot. No way. Is it that, does. Is that legit? That is legit. <gasps> that is 100% legit. Oh, my God. And I know it sounds intense. Yeah. And we've only called one player Judas in the club before, to yep. my knowledge. Yeah. Um, Mr. Sol Campbell. Yeah. Um, but this, like, this isn't just an, uh, you know, an innocent little interview where Kane's like had a slip of the tongue and, yep. you know, Neville comes out defending. He's like, he didn't say he was going to leave. It's Ugh. like, this is very well planned, very well timed. Mm. The leak apparently before this interview even happened Came from Charlie Kane, yeah, his manager brother, yeah, um, or his agent brother, whatever it is. Um, and the league to come, as soon as we're basically guaranteed to miss out on Champions League mm. for the last two games of the season, yeah, right, and starting to build up that pressure before the Euros start because now it's like there's a week and then players are off for their Euro training thing. Mm. So th- th- like the league to come, and then this interview. To just like talk about your future. Yeah. Since when has he ever done that ever before? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Golf. Yeah. Like you say, golf course with Gary Neville talking. It's not like a, a standard thing. Like he was caught outside the training ground. Mm. It's like, this is a very planned and calculated thing. Yeah. He would have like known exactly what he was going to say. Mm-hmm. And if you hear his interview and go, well, Kane didn't directly say that he was going to leave. Yeah. That's because Kane, a part of him knows. He's on a long contract here. Mm-hmm. A part of him is also loyal to Spurs because he's been there for a long time. So he's loyal in some way. Mm. Like the club is definitely in his heart to some extent. Um, so he probably doesn't want to come out and blatantly go, I want to move on. Yeah. But to say, oh, if the, you know, I need to sit down and have a chat with the chairman. And, oh, if the chairman wants to sell me for 100 mil, he might want to do that because I won't be worth that much in a few years. Like what player, when they're not thinking of leaving – just mentioned, well, you know, if the chairman wants to sell me for like this figure, then I guess I would go because like, you know, that's what the chairman wants. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it for the chairman. Yeah. Oh. Also, like in retrospect, looking back at the Sky Sports obsession with Kane uh, leaving the pod. The pod? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Kane was on the pod? Uh, Kane was signed up? He's like a, yeah, he was going to be on, but now... (laughs) Um, the obsession with him leaving Spurs, uh, you're like, oh, well, this interview was with Sky Sports. He's previously done interviews with Sky Sports. Like, has this been leaked? Like, is this part, was that part of the leaving campaign this whole time to sort of uh, start the wheels spinning, to put the wheels in motion? It has to be. Mm. There's no way that it isn't. Because if, you, if you're not on this, you're not going to go out and do this interview. Like you say, it's on a golf course with Gary Neville yeah. for Gary Neville's YouTube. Yeah, what? Like as if you wouldn't just go, oh, look, Gary, I'm really happy to come do this, but I've just got a couple of games left of the season and then let's squeeze it in before I go off for Euros and yeah. do that or let's talk after you, whatever. Mm. You, it's The timing of it is what makes it so intentional yeah. to come out. Mixed in with everything else that's happened, like mm. the emotional farewell against Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, like th- there is no way, like, you know, there's, you know, there's a big joke of like Harry Kane being stupid and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, he's not stupid. Yeah. Right. He's not. 
Um, he's not like, you know, when he talks, like he's not the most like eloquent speaker. Yeah. In the sense of like when we watched All or Nothing, we saw his like team talks. Yeah. And they were just kind of like, whoa, come on, boys, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, great, you know, but he's such a talented player. Mm. But like, so, but he's not going out onto this and like just, oh, slip of the tongue. Sorry. Oh, I'm a bit dumb. I said the thing. Oh. Yeah. Like it's so intentional. Mm. And I think it's the start of making this like, it's this, you know, he's starting to like start forcing the move through, but he doesn't want to publicly come out and like, um, you know, really sort of like dirty his name amongst the Spurs fans and go like, I want to leave. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not playing for the club again. Yeah. Like, so it's like, I was very disappointed that this happened. Mm. Um, I, I also think it was kind of um, bad that in this, he, it seemed like he didn't take much responsibility for what had happened previously. Oh my God. That was my main, my main problem with it was mm. that throughout this interview, he sort of makes out like, uh, he he throws his teammates under the under the bus, like sort of, and and Mason, who then has to <laughs> talk about this interview in press conferences, but it like he seems like he is separate. The way he talks about it, he conceptualizes himself as separate from the failures of the team, um, and that's just not true. Like, you know, it's easy. I guess it's easy to say, like in those big games, the three cup finals that he has played. In for us, he hasn't scored in any of them. In the Battle of the Bridge, um, which was, you know, that big sort of league-defining game that we had, he didn't score. Like, he is not separate from the trials and tribulations of Tottenham Hotspur over the time that he's been there. And I think it's extremely unfair to make out that, that it is. Definitely. And if we look at, like, Champions League, yeah, he played in that season there but he didn't play against Ajax no right he didn't get us through that game no he came back in against Liverpool and mm. was he, I know he was injured against Ajax and he was injured for a few months but he was rushed back for this Liverpool final and did that right mm. so it's like he didn't get us through into the Champions League final there so to kind of be calling out like you know other like other players that they haven't had the leadership they haven't had this they haven't had that mm. it's like you know to some extent okay, what he might be saying is somewhat accurate, but also at the same time, to rem- it sounded like he was really kind of removed himself from that. Yep. Um, and it's like, yeah, sure, he scores an incredible amount of goals. He's an incredible player. Absolutely. But there also just has to be a time where everyone in that squad needs to take responsibility, mm. including Kane. Yeah. Like when, when teams and players take responsibility, the best players and the top players are the ones who need to lead that charge of saying, hey, we haven't done this, I haven't stepped up, like, you know, in these crucial games and just, like, take some responsibility for that. Because I think there was a tw- um, there was a tweet that I saw from um, Lily White Rose mm. um, and I think it was in reference to coming, like, after this interview and it was sort of, like, you know, around, like, the idea of I need to leave Tottenham to win trophies. Yeah. Um, but then it was saying, you know, this group of players over the last five or six years have had the following opportunities. A Champions League final. Yep. Um, two League Cup finals mm-hmm. and a semi-final that yep. we didn't get through. Uh, two FA Cup semi-finals that we didn't get through. Two title challenges. And then at the end, time to take some self-responsibility. Yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, we've like, we've, as a fan base, we're just criticizing everyone but the players. Mm. And it's always about, we didn't buy this person. We didn't buy this person. We didn't buy this person. But if you look at the other teams that we've like, we're talking about, like, 
if we're talking compared to say like Man U over the last few years, like have they been involved in this many like, you know, finals or semi like to, you know, chances to win something? Have they been involved in like two league challenges? Like no. it's we've had the players. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've had players in these situations. So we can't just retrospectively look back and go, you know what, we are so against Levy that we're gonna blame all of these failings because he didn't buy another player mm. that we all wanted. He didn't buy Dybala. Yeah. Oh what an asshole. Yeah. Like we've had the players who've been good enough, like mm. who should have been good enough to get it done. But they haven't. And like you say, Kane hasn't stepped up in these games either. Yeah. And like you know, you get these great players that, you know, Kane, yes, he does put the team on his back for a lot of time. But you get these great players who put the team on their back in key moments, in key games, in key finals. Um, and they just get it done. Yeah. Like they just get it done. Mm. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't shown that the whole time he's been at Spurs. Um, the One of the things that really bugged me about the interview was to him talking about, and it's very Mourinho-esque, this kind of like – you know, leadership and winning mentality, you know, we've got to have a winning, I want to have a you know, winning mentality, blah, blah, blah. The interesting thing about winning mentality is the way to develop winning mentality is to win. Um, <laughs> it's kind of impossible to develop that without winning. So the very notion of the, the concept of a winning mentality is ridiculous. Like, because as soon as you stop winning, you no longer have one, but you have one, like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, but like I say, yeah, you have to win. You have to do the thing to get the thing. Exactly. Yeah, I you just, can't get the thing first and then start doing it. Yeah, which is, <laughs> uh, and then you know, also he talks about you know wanting a new challenge, which is so boring because it's like the challenge is winning trophies at Spurs. The challenge isn't going to Man City. Yeah, it's like what well, they can. They've already done it without you. You go there, like yeah, they'll win. You'll win. Great. But what's the challenge? Like, uh, I could start for Man City, yeah, and they would be a shout for the title next season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I could start for them, and they would still probably win most games. Like, you, could, yeah, they could play m- me and you yeah. <laughs> in their starting team. Yeah, and they're at minimum, they are like second or third. Yeah, at absolute minimum. Mm. So yeah, like you know, he's often called the best player in the world. Where is the challenge? In going to City, I understand a player going. Uh, it's you know I want to win. I want to start. Want to start winning something at some stage. Sure, fine. I get that. I understand that. But then yeah, like you say, to to, to phrase it as if it's a challenge to go off to City and win. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. It's absolutely ridiculous, and especially when you think like, okay, they brought Ruben Diaz in. Mm. And then he somehow has won player of the season over Kane. Yeah. And Kane has won is like, you know, the um the the golden boot. And I think it's like the playmaker award or something like that. It's the playmaker something award, which is for the assists. Yeah. He's won both of those. How on earth is Man City their defender? That like I would understand if Ruben Diaz signed for like, you know, Leicester or West Ham and they won the title. Yeah. And then you go, okay, that's an incredible effort. Mm. But it's like, yeah, sure, Ruben Diaz has been really good for City, but he hasn't been like, you know, at Harry Kane's level. Yeah. So Harry Kane obviously has enough individual accolades. Like, I'm getting, I'm just getting worked up and off. <laughs> off, off now I'm just praising Kane. Yeah. Out of this. <laughs> We've gone full circle. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, it, you're right. It's like, it's something that like, there's no challenge in going to City and getting it done. 
Um, it's also weird in the interview where he said, "Is like, you know, I'm going to have a think. It's up to me. No, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, like, no, it's not. not. You've got a long contract. Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of weird when he's like, I've still got another career ahead of me of seven or eight years. And it's like, what are you talking about, Harry? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there were so many weird comments, I think, in this interview. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen a couple of comparisons to uh, Modric and Bale leaving. And the difference, I think, between them going and Kane is that uh, not only has the club grown in that time, but but also when Bale was going, it was like Real Madrid uh, trying to break down the door to get him. It's very clear. Like there is a club that is trying to get him as hard as they possibly can. Modric, there was Chelsea, and then there was Madrid as well. With Kane, there's no – I would assume with how hard he is sort of campaigning at the moment, there must be talks going on with City or United or Chelsea – <laughs> um, but <laughs> I can't see us selling. There's like if we can rule out one team, he will not be sold to Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely no way. Are mm. we sell- like Levy's not going to sell him to Chelsea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised if he went to United. Um, but I would assume he's going to City. Um, Liverpool uh, probably wouldn't spend that amount of money, and they also. Their recruitment is like amazing. So they're probably going to be like, well, we could just sign this dude who does <laughs> these numbers and it's going to work better for us anyway. Totally. And they're already spending, I think, 35 million euros or something on Kanate. Yeah. Um, who knows a defender, but like that's already a decent outlay in the current climate mm-hmm. that they've already moved quickly for. So yeah, I agree. I can't see him going to Liverpool. Yeah. I think United would hurt more than City. Yeah. Because. If he goes to City, like City are just so good and they're just so far ahead of everyone that it is just like cheating. They're just going to win. Yep. You'd kind of feel numb about it. Fine. If he goes to United, then that's like, okay, that's really annoying. Yeah. Because then that means United are probably just about at a spot where they can seriously challenge City. Mm. And like then you've got back to like two super clubs in the league. Yeah. Um, Chelsea's just not happening. And there's literally no one else that he, would, he can go to in England. No. So... The, the interesting thing, though, is like if there's not that many interested clubs, that also is going to affect that the price the clubs are going to be offering. Yeah. Because if Man City are like, we know we're the only team who's in for him, they're going to try and drive the price down. Yeah. Our chairman don't do that. Yeah, he don't. <laughs> he, he don't do don't that. do that. So like Kane saying he doesn't want to like I, – I almost think that even though he said he doesn't – or, you know, apparently he doesn't want to leave the Premier League – because he's still fixated on that Alan Shearer record. Mm. Um, I honestly think that, like, you know, if if a team like, like I know Bayern's got Lewandowski, so they they're probably and he's still he's a bit older, but he's not ready to retire yet because yeah. he's still just scoring more than Kane. Um, but if a club like that made a move, or if like a Madrid or Barca ended up making a move, Barca obviously not now because they got Aguero and doing that, but. I just, it's going to be really interesting to see, I think, how it plays out mm. because, you know, if there's one thing now, especially with all the hatred that, you know, our chairman has received, yep. I don't think Levy's going to let Kane suddenly go to like a, a city or a United for a price that's viewed as being on the cheap. Yeah, totally. They are going to, if it happens and he goes to city or United, they're going to have to move so swiftly to buy. I mean, they should do this anyway, but in terms of public image, they're going to have to move very quickly and sign someone that is 
a name or an exciting prospect or whatever to appease us (laughs) because it will be like, we just had a horrible season. Now our best player is gone and I do not trust our recruitment (laughs) to buy uh, good players. Um, See, even with that though, like I agree with you, but even with that overall, like Levy's basically going to be wanting like a world record fee. For Kane, which is in the two hundred million <laughs> bracket, yeah, which I think is like to what Neville said when in the interview, there was one thing that made sense in the interview <laughs> is when Harry was like, "If he wants to sell me for a hundred million, Neville's like, no, I think that number will start with a two, mate." <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, yeah, like Lever would be pushing for like much closer to two than it is to one. Mm. He want like some world record fee, yep. or at the very least, a record fee for a Premier League player, yep. Um, and in that instance. Let's say we get in 150 mil. Let's say we get in 200 mil. Any club we're talking to now, if we're like, um, okay, cool, Villa, yeah, we like to chat about Grealish. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, all right. Well, I guess you probably got a bit of cash lying around. Mm. So he's uh, 120 million now. Yeah. As opposed to a player like that, which you could get for maybe like 80 million Mm. before that. So I'm really concerned that it's almost like we would have to have deals in place for Kane, for the replacement players we're getting in um, almost before Kane gets sold. Yeah. Because otherwise I just think that, you know, suddenly then teams are just going to look at us and, yeah, they might be in – if they're in a bad financial position, then that's where, you know, as unethical as it sounds, we would be able to squeeze them and get the price still back down to something. But it's still going to be more inflated than what it would be if the the club we're buying from doesn't know that we've just got – 200 million in for Kane. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Um, I also don't think like Kane being one of our own, that's something that the fans have created. And yes, maybe he's, he's used that occasionally, but I don't think he necessarily owes us anything. Like he can leave that. That is, that's football. Uh, The way he's doing it at the moment is, is pretty gross. But um, I don't know how else you go about it with uh, Levy <laughs> as the uh, or Levy as the as the chairman. I think you know the promotional campaign is is necessary. Uh, I still hate it, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I don't I don't um, I don't hold it against Harry for wanting to leave, mm. but also Harry, my man, why you signed that six year contract? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the thing that to me makes the the. Um, not much sense at all mm. that like, like how, how could Harry two years ago have thought I'm so committed to Spurs. This is it. I'm going to stay here. We're going to win everything. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Like, yeah. Okay. Mourinho was sort of coming in and, and you know, and all that sort of stuff, but to sign a six year contract, yeah. like no one does that. Mm. Like not like what other top, like what other world-class player that, you know, is, is signing a six year contract at a club no matter how well they think the club might possibly be able to do moving forward. Yeah, it's I know if a club goes, hey, here's a real juicy, you know, pay rise and it's a six-year deal, that's, you know, if you want the big pay rise, you're going to give us them, going to give us some years. Yeah. Um, other players are just going to go, you know what? No, I'm not going to sign a six-year contract. I'll yeah. sign for three. I'll sign for four. What's the club going to do? Okay, negotiation's over. No, mm. the club will do that. Yeah. So to me, it just seems like, you know, a lack of foresight from his camp's part 
to now have him in this situation where you know, he's he's still got three years left. Totally. So, and if we don't get a, pl- a a club that's going to pay the price that we want, well, great, we're going to wait till next season. Mm. Next season, you have a different market at the end of the season. Hopefully, if you know COVID sort of settles down everywhere, there's a lot more money back in the game for like transfers and stuff. You might have another whole batch of teams who are interested in Kane that aren't interested in him now. Yeah. And, you know, you, you won't get the same price you, you would get now if someone pays, you know, over the odds for him. But you can still get someone who pays quite a bit. Yeah. So that's why I think if you're looking at this from a neutral perspective, it will be a very interesting and entertaining thing to sit back and watch. Yeah. When you're a fan who, you know, loves the club, um, it's a bit more challenging to be, you know, in it and involved in it. But I guess also as fans who do a podcast and love talking about Spurs. Yeah. Um, I can see us getting a lot of content. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out of this, a lot of juice from this. Yeah, uh, but the juice it will it will hurt <laughs> to squeeze out. <laughs> it'll burn. It'll burn. Yeah, it'll really burn. Um, the last thing we've got, I think we've been going for a while, <laughs> is uh, the manager uh, scenario. Mm. Um, I have recently seen, um, I said to you, Sky Sports tweeted today saying that. Apparently Spurs were talking with uh, Martinez, the ex-Wigan, uh, Everton, and now Belgium coach, national team coach. That is my worst nightmare if I'm thinking about a new manager. Um, I just think like what? You've got like the boogeyman as yeah. like, the, you know, second nightmare now. Roberto yeah. Martinez at the foot of your bed. Yeah. That is the worst. Yeah, exactly. I just, every club he's been, you know, like he did, Great work at Wigan. He did a great season at Everton, neither of which have been long-term jobs. But I think also though, when, before he left Everton, it started going south. It, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. It, like they, I don't know how it ended at Wigan, but yeah, at Everton, it definitely started going south. Yeah. Um, and Belgium, he has one of the best national team squads in the world and has had for a while. And like, mm, you know, like they haven't been. I just think he is not the man for the job <laughs> at uh, all. I think your your view is the the common view amongst <laughs> everyone, and I think there would be more protests. Yeah, if Martinez was signed mm-hmm. as our manager, um, I'm not too stressed about him becoming manager because I don't think there's much to that at all. No, um, and I think it's just kind of you know everyone's. People want stories. Yeah. Um, and I think they're just going like, well, Martinez, oh, he met with him. Oh, cool. Mm. We could have very well met it, met with him, but there's no way that he's in our top one or two mm. options. And you're hearing now like Ali Gold is like, look, there's two candidates which might be announced the next seven, ten days or so. Yep. Um, the issue is, you know, getting them out of their contracts. And typically a national team manager is not really that hard to get out of a contract. Yeah. Because they're not getting paid anywhere near what a club is. Mm. And national teams don't really seem as protective of their managers as the clubs are. No way. Yeah. Um, it's just simply not the same, you know, money in that whole system. No. So that's why I'm like, I don't buy that as like an actual lead. Mm. Um, however, you then start getting reports like, okay, some other top level managers have started becoming interested. Um, and then you hear like, oh, Pochettino's now lost the league in, in France. Yeah. Could Pochettino return? Apparently he's interested. Yeah. Um, could it be Potter? Could it be? It's definitely not Rogers. 
He's ruled himself out. No, no. And I'm glad it's not Rogers. Um, He is a good manager, but I just feel like the combination of the Rogers uh, bottling it machine with the Spurs, Spursiness machine coming together might end the entire world. Totally. The results of it. Um, The Pochettino stuff, like, I just wish that reporting would stop because it just breaks my heart. Um, I saw, I think the Sun posted being like, Pochettino, thinking about coming back. And then there's been a few other posts. But then Ali Gold. It could happen. Yeah. Ali Gold posted and said, on Poch, understand Spurs are pushing on with the recruitment process, hoping to appoint within seven to 10 days. Poch is not currently a candidate, but if his situation changes at PSG and he showed interest, he would come into the frame. Let's be honest, the ideal profile, uh, candidate profile is him. Right? This is the yeah. mouthpiece of Spurs. <laughs> totally. Like uh, I I see Poch as being like, okay, Poch doesn't, like Martinez, I, I hear that and I'm like, there's absolutely no way. Yeah. Poch, it's like, Ooh, well, and it's like it could, it could go poorly. It could go very well if mm. we got him back in. Because it's kind of like, it's like two exes have decided, like, they've had a little break from each other. Yeah. They've gone and done, like, a Kentucky. Yeah. They've, like, explored Europe and backpacked around for six months or 18 months in yeah. this instance. Um, and then they're like, you know what? We were good together, weren't we? Yeah. We weren't bad together. It's like, yeah. But now it's all about just if they iron out the sort of the differences of what made it sort of lose traction at the end of the last spell. Yep. And... Yep. I think, you know, it's easy to sit here and go, oh, it would never work. They'd screw it up. Um, you know, the relationship's done. There's no way that would happen. And then it's easy to go like, oh, it would definitely work. It would be the best thing that could ever happen. So we simply don't know. Yeah. But it could go either way. And, you know, I almost think that if we have Pochettino but then with a director of football in place, mm. that's a much more appealing scenario. And that's the difference in the relationship yep. to what there was last time. Mm-hmm. So it's not moving back into the, the same house as they previously yeah. were in together. I think that that makes it a more interesting scenario because you hear like about like um, Rangnick also being like in the frame. Yeah. But also he's worked as director of football before. Mm-hmm. Like apparently not a nice dude. Now he sounds uh, – I was excited initially <laughs> and then I did a bit more reading and I was like, oh, he's awful. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Um, so – not so excited about that, but with with Pochettino, I would hope that if if he is like, nah, stuff this, I hate PSG, or PSG are like, yeah, get out of here, we've got to win the league every year, um, which they do, um, he would come, if Levy was like, why don't you come back? He would be like, fine, but we do the rebuild now. <laughs> you know, like I don't come back unless, you know, the we do what I said was going to happen three years ago and there's a director of football. Oh, totally. If, if Levi is a Levi, <laughs> if Levi is sending Pochettino a text, you up. Yeah. And like trying to get that going again. Poch is not like, Poch is not, you know, jumping in his car at 2am and rushing around to his house as quickly as possible. No. Poch is going, I might be up. Mm, but maybe. maybe. Yeah. But need to have some of that, you know, nice Mud cake ready for me. Yeah. Yeah. His first message back to you up is like just but falling asleep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other, uh, I forgot on the Kane Pochettino managerial option that maybe doesn't exist at all. Kane 
was consulted before they fired Pochettino. In retrospect, firing Pochettino at that point was a terrible decision. Uh, he had said we needed a rebuild. We didn't do it. We sacked him. We brought in Jose. Jose's reign was hell. Um, Kane was consulted and apparently was okay, was signed off on Mourinho coming in, right? Didn't work out. And Levy even admits that kind of in his little statement that he put out. And so it really annoys me now that that whole thing has happened, that Kane is like, see ya. <laughs> you know, like now I want to go. So like, oh. we brought in Mourinho probably to appease you. And that didn't go well. So now I'm like, for the next manager. Well, I, I was going to say, actually, it, I mean, it appeased Kane in a sense of like him becoming the, the movie star. Him becoming the, the Hollywood. He the was Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. But also when, even if you look back at that, chat now and it's like Jose going like I am you know I make you go like this yeah um it was you look at it now and it was a very individual chat of like I make you go like this I yeah. turn you into a super global superstar it wasn't like I make the team mm. rise up and win trophies mm. it was a very much like you I'm going to take you to the top with me yeah um so it's like the director of a movie going like hey you got it, kid. You got I'm, it. You're a star. You're a star. I'm going to take you up to the top, kid. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make it together. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. And it was like, looking back now, it's like it's so individualistic what that was. And yet that was achieved. Like the numbers that Kane's put up this season, for example. Mm. But the team's not not there. No. And so you can see why Kane is like, you know, a big Mourinho fan. Yeah. He's like, well, look, Mourinho let me do whatever the hell I wanted to. Mourinho let me play as a midfielder for the yeah. games. Yeah. Um, Instead of just playing up front, like, so it's, it's really like, it's, it's so interesting. Like this is, it's just so interesting to see, like if we did get Pochettino coming back, the thought would have to be there that you are then saying to Kane, look, we've got Pochettino come back. We are actually going to do a rebuild here because Pochettino doesn't come back if there's no rebuild. No. Right. Hell no. Of course not. So you've like, that's the scenario that plays out if Pochettino comes back, that there has to be a rebuild and they have to be saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. The problem that I also have around that though is that how much power does Kane then have over like who's go who's coming in, you know, in a sense. Like yeah. if he's like, we're going to bring in this player, this player, this player, Um, how does it like if you're trying to appease Kane in that way, I don't know if that's the healthiest scenario to get into. Yeah. Rather than, I guess if you're just like, look, we're going to bring in a, a, a world-class midfielder, a world-class centre-back, whatever. Maybe that's okay. Yeah. But it's still, it just seems like a bit of a dirty scenario, whatever way you paint it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I just hope regardless of the decision made that if Kane's off doing this thing where he's trying to leave, the club just goes, right, whatever. We, if he wants to go, we can sell him for a lot of money. We've got him for three more years. So we sign the manager that is best suited to the job that we uh, want him to do, be that Pochettino or whatever, and then Kane is not involved. You know, it seems like he's involved in a lot of processes and discussions and they just go, cool, if this is what you're doing, then you're on the outside, bro. Um, the other manager that we haven't mentioned, which has been floated around a lot, is um, uh, Graham Potter, who initially I was like, that is the least exciting appointment. But... <laughs> Uh, having uh, listened to Windy talk about the coach's voice chat that Potter did and doing a bit of reading about him, he's a very cool guy, <laughs> like very intelligent. 
Um, he is the opposite of Mourinho who, in terms of not only the play style, but his philosophy of, you know, not this sort of like super macho, you know, like winning mentality, belief, you know, he's sort of about the process. And um, I think it would be a good, what, what? I just love your winning mentality, belief. Is that like a um, like Al Pacino type thing from like? It was meant to be, uh, you know how uh, Mourinho was like positivity, belief. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Or Apapia. Yeah. Apapia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think as much as it's kind of like, uh, if we get him, maybe there is the possibility that he is really good. I'm down. Like yeah. I, I'm more down for Potter than I am for Pochettino, to be honest. Yeah. Because I also think that Potter is a player, like, sorry, manager who he's has received a lot of plaudits. Mm. And but then you go, oh, but look where his team finished. It's like, yeah, but look what the budget for that team is. Yeah. I know they have still spent some money, whatever. But the way that, that team plays, um, it's playing beyond their means. Yeah. <laughs> most definitely. And like what you say, like he has uh, an identity that he speaks about, a philosophy, where especially under Jose, it's like our philosophy was what's the other team's philosophy and how do we counter that? Yeah. And then that really got undone in a really compressed season where we suddenly were trying to like play in all these different ways to try and expo- exploit the weakness of the other team. But we didn't have a week mm. to like, um, you know, to just have off and – well, not have off, but to like work on that game plan. It's like so we, for a lot of time we had three, four days. Yeah. And you just see that we go into games and we've got no idea what we're doing. It looks like we don't know how we're going to play. None of that. So like the idea of the you know getting a manager that does have a philosophy that they are attached to, that they like to speak about and they openly go, I like to this, this, I like this, I like this play, da, 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 mm. da, da, da. When we've got the ball, this, this, this. When we got that. Um, I like that. I also see Potter as like a, a lower expectation. So yeah. I think it's like from where he's come from, He's not coming here with then the expectation to suddenly we're going to win the league next season. Yeah. <laughs> like something ridiculous. Um, he's not going to be this, you know, top, you know, top name who's like, you know, is, it, it carries with it so much weight. Like Mourinho comes in and we're like, and Mourinho's even saying, we're going to win the league next season. Yeah. So I think that like there's a lot of pressure off on Potter. Mm. And I think that that's not the worst thing for our fan base because we've also showed how we can react when we start getting expectant of things happening. Yeah. And I just see that there's, if we're looking at actually doing, you know, a longer term sort of project with a manager, I see Potter as being like a really good candidate for that. Yeah, I totally agree. I hope it's similar to when Pochettino got put in, he was kind of the most, no, no, the opposite of the most. He was the least exciting option at that time. You know, there was other managers kind of floating around and, Picking him, he was the least experienced, you know, but he'd done great things with Southampton, but it was like, eh. Potter to me feels similar where it's like, again, exactly what you're saying, less expectation. He comes in, it's like, yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, yeah. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe we'll have a manager in the next 10, what was it, 7 to 10 days? 7 to 10 days, they'll be announcing Potter Cicino. Oh, dear. <laughs> There we yeah. go. Pochettino. Well, if he's the second coming of Pochettino, yeah. I think that, yeah. there we go. Yep, there we go. Like you say, it mirrors it. It could yeah. be it could be another thing and I'd be excited to it. Get a couple of um, Brighton players along for the ride. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, can we have Lamptey? He's Chelsea, right? Or did they sell him? No, yeah. Let's have Lamptey. Let's have Lamptey. Let's have, um, let's have White. Yep. Let's have... Um, 
I'll bring Basuma along. Yeah, sure. Yep. Sounds good to me. Let's have that. Look, we'll take Lewis Dunk. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, we're clearly not going to sign four players in Potty. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, hopefully you'd think one or two of their decent players would come. And I like, I just like a manager like him that, like, like Mourinho has to work with top level superstar international players because then if they're trying to adapt to whatever stuff he's doing, their base skill level is so incredible mm. that they'll still, even if they're not playing amazingly, they'll still get a result. Yeah, they'll like work it out. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like this idea of a manager taking players and getting them to play above their expectations. Mm. And I think that there's so many players in our squad who are just ripe for that. Yeah. Like even players like La Celso and Ndombele, yeah, they had like they're bought for 50, 60 mil, so they got big expectations. But from what we've seen of them so far, we know they can go up some levels. Absolutely. And if we can get a manager who can like, you know, turn like a, a 10 million pound player into like a, a 30 million pound player, mm. they should be able to turn a 50, 60 million pound player into a hundred million, yeah. you know, pound player. So yeah, it's, it's, I think that's exciting. Mm. So it's, we're talking as if like Potter is in charge and we're just all happy about it. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully by next week, hopefully by next pod. Yeah. We'll know. We'll we'll have the announcement. That'll be great. Um, well, uh, that's it for us for this week. We've been talking for a very long time. Uh, how long have we been talking for? Um, uh, almost uh, two uh, uh, two and a quarter hours. Two over two hours. Wow, way! I'm starting to lose my voice. <laughs> um, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Um, and hey, uh, look, in streaming terms, yeah, we are incredibly short. Really? Well, you have streamers who do like eight hours, ten hours. Yeah, that's true. This yeah. sort of thing. So yep. I still think this is a quick listen. Yeah. <laughs> this is a nip down to the shops. This is a then, micro listen. This yeah. is a micro listen. Yeah, nip down to the shops in Ballarat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. What a season it was. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a new manager announcement. Um, I have been Barney. I've been Dan. And this has been A Bit Spursy. Come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.